Oh, hello, long-suffering listeners. <laughs> this is Michael J. Nelson here. This is 372 pages we'll never get back. I am, of course, joined by Connor Lestoka. Connor, what a what a exciting day. It is, yeah. It's like uh, if you've ever um, taken a vacation and you, you, you land and you realize as soon as you land, like, Oh man, we made the right choice. This is going to be a fantastic week. Like the air is perfect. Like the sky is blue. You know, someone hands mm-hmm. you a, a drink and a lay as soon as you step off the plane. This is that's how I feel when I when I crack this book open. Yep, it's uh, you know finding twenty dollars in the old jeans and oh yeah, the old jeans are actually a little loose because you've lost a little weight. This is a good day. <laughs> and I thought about it. It was like uh, the uh, having gone through what we just went through. It compares to me like how the uh, the Nats won the World Series this year, and before that there had been you know a, a decade of of agonizing playoff losses and early exits and, and and game you know games that defied logic and reason in terms of how they found ways to lose. But looking back on them now, those those horrible experiences you know made the made the final victory that much sweeter. And so, sure. so Shadow Moon was a uh, was was a repeated gut punch crotch kick combo <laughs> in uh, in the final game of a playoff series. You know that you were winning six to nothing at one point in time, but uh, but you, I, I'm glad we've been through it. You know exactly. Yeah, we did it. We have that behind us. Uh, for those who are listening for the first time, that's what we're talking about. We just finished the book Shadow Moon, and we decided that was so horrible. Let's do another Moon book. <laughs> Uh, but uh, no, this one is uh, is going to be a treat. Um, this is, of course, the podcast where we read through books and discuss books that we are probably not going to like. The last one just slammed dunked it as far as being the worst book. Although there's a little ripple of, uh, uh, you know, there's there's a counter Pushback, view that, yeah, uh, yeah that uh, Sean Penn's book was worse. But you know, I'm not going to fight you on that, but uh, this one is so long. So. <laughs> We made it through, and uh, yeah, explain uh, explain this book. Yeah, now we're reading Moon People by Dale M. Courtney. Uh, we're, yeah, we're, we're sort of just sticking with the theme of, it's like that drinking game where you, you say a celebrity's name, and then the next person has to say one that starts with the last letter of the name. So we're doing right. Moon People, uh, we did Shadow Moon, now we'll have to do, you know, People of the Sun or something, whatever comes next. Right. But uh, yeah, this is a uh, this is a guy who claims to be a former uh, UFO researcher or uh, member of uh, the the military, um, and he <laughs> former national security advisor is actually what he claims to do. And uh, he wrote a book about a, a guy who is pretty much a stand-in for him, who ends up venturing into outer space, or so so we are we are led to believe. This section ended off with him preparing to do so, but uh, it's. It's it's that it's got that uh, Dwight David Thrash, uh, James Tice, uh, James Wynn, Tommy Wiseau, Neil Breen vibe to it, where it's just impossible to imagine someone with these lack of talents deciding that they're going to you know take on the the one artistic venture that they're most ill suited to. Yeah, I I was uh, thinking about how there could not be. Despite the fact that they both have moon in the title, there could not be a more stark difference between these books in terms of the <laughs> the prose of this one is pretty straightforward, as you'll see. <laughs> the prose of the last one had jaws unhinging and bodies turning into whips and uh, blood being rent and people crushed to atoms pretty much every paragraph. This one, 
Not so much. No, people uh, a lot you of know. getting getting breakfast and <laughs> cheddar bay biscuits. Yeah, but <laughs> so what amazed me though is that you know so this the book is is incoherent. If you get the Kindle version, it's uh, I don't think there's paragraph breaks. Uh, <laughs> as we will discuss, there. I mean, so there are multiple spelling errors. He has confusion with two. Uh, T O T O O T W O. It has apostrophe of problems. There, of course. There, yeah, I have no yes. no concept of there. <laughs> and it also does some crazy choices with dialogue in that he he opts to not use quotation marks and instead presents dialogue by uh, uh, a name in parentheses. So all signs point to it being impossible to understand, and yet it was it's it's much easier to tell what's going on in this book than Shadow Moon was. <laughs> That is true. <laughs> That's true. Context clues because it's so simple. Uh, but I'm I've I have the uh, a PDF version and the doc version because I like to read off of that. Um, in that, there's a different format in it. Yes. So so that's a little bit of confusion. I'm I'm not clear. Did he go in and do that? It seems like a lot of work. He he went in and so instead of the parenthetical, uh, like it's a stage play reading. In block form, uh, there are some he says and she says in place of the name, but then it's abandoned quickly after that. <laughs> right. I, I emailed you to say if it's easier to read, go to the uh, the e version, but it became quickly even more difficult to read because he abandoned the parentheses and he abandoned the said you know Dave. Yeah, Dave I, I realized that when I was going to to copy my notes out of it that he yeah. For whatever reason, there's two different versions of the book, and there was even uh, I found one sentence that was omitted in the ebook version, and uh, we we accused uh, ex libris of being his you know vanity imprint, but it turns out that's someone who will you know put your book up for you. You know they're a self publishing house, um, right? So, but so, so did they make the changes? I don't some, know. There's <laughs> stealth editing going on here. It is it is baffling, but yeah. So just know that if you're reading the ebook version, which a lot of people are because it is cheaper, uh, you're you're missing out on on the on the true vision. I would say I consider the one with the parenthetical names the the true experience. Oh, are you putting that in the? Is this your uh, can't hardly wait by uh, replacements? <laughs> it's just well, so it's what I read first, and it, it seems like you're missing one of the true uh, things that makes it insane uh, without 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 the parenthetical names. Well, I, I kind of agree, but I will say if you are reading the e version, you just have a different kind of insanity. So <laughs> Connor's just preferring this insanity, which is fine. I, I stand by that too. Uh, well, I mean, we, we went, we might as well dive in. We, we discussed on our, on our reveal episode, the fact that it starts off with, uh, on the, on the title page, it says Amazon gave moon people five stars, (laughs) 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 which is a, uh, you know, it's, it's not even like you're using the, uh, who was that guy who was the notorious hack that was like on every, who liked every movie for a long time back in like the early aughts and late nineties. Oh, um, Oh yeah, yeah. He was he was quoted in every single movie. He he was what's known as a junket whore. Yes, where you would just I'll fly you to uh, you know eat the buffet in Las Vegas and you screen the film and give it five stars. I yeah. forget it was Jim something. Oh man, I can't remember. I we'll get we'll, we'll get letters. But yeah, so you know, but you don't even have that. You just have uh, you have the the entity of Amazon who has decided this book is five stars. But uh, then we get a dedication on the next page, uh, which which I found. So these guys, <laughs> these people always have this sort of like childlike world uh, view that's very positive. Um, you know, it's in Tommy Wiseau's movie. It's in James Wynn. 
that makes it sort of, you know, you feel bad criticizing them, you know? It's like the kid with the really thick glasses that struck out in, in Little League all the time where he just was like, all right, guys, we had a great game. That was really fun. You're all my friends. And you're like, ah, now I can't make fun of you. Yeah, I wonder if that's part of the plan, though, you know? <laughs> yes, but it starts off with, I would like to dedicate this book to my children, whom I will always love no matter what. You can do anything you want to in this life. All you have to do is have the will and make it happen, you know, <laughs> and it is, you can't, you can do it. You know, you can write a book, but, but doing it well is part of the, part of the point here, you know? Yeah. I, uh, I actually, I handed the book to, uh, my other uh, co-host for one of my other podcasts, uh, Dave Berge, <laughs> and I said, read the, read what Amazon said about it. And his, he has a pretty explosive laugh at times and it was, uh. <laughs> It was gigantic, and he just, you know, nearly spit out. And, and then I said, oh, don't read the dedication. Oh, right. <laughs> I, didn't want to, I just want you to have that as your memory of this book. Right, exactly. Yeah, so, yeah, they, they try to, they try, tries to be cagey in that regard. But uh, I, I think that the, the laugh out louds is something that uh, numerous uh, listeners wrote in and that I experienced myself uh, as, I, as I read these first seven chapters. Well, let's, uh, let's dive in. Yeah. Um, I, um, so chapter one, that's how most books begin, right? So we'll yeah, go straight right. to chapter, <laughs> standard. chapper one. Oh, sure. wait, <laughs> there's, there's a page in between the dedication and chapter one. Moon yes. people. This story people. focuses on one man by the name of David Bramer. Uh, we get a, uh, we get a, a summary, a pre-book summary on, on page three. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, uh. And folks, this is not a tease. <laughs> this is a full-out, complete summary. Yes, he 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 lays it out. He he tells you what he's going to tell you, like a uh, like a high school essay writing teacher used to say. Um, so yeah, they he he explains uh, who the main character is, who the love of his life is. He explains that he's going to go into space. He explains the type of structure he's going to be living on in space. He explains the conflict, and uh, it's truly baffling. <laughs> I, th- I think people are owed the first couple sentences, though, because I just had a note that it was a thing of beauty right out of the gate. <laughs> Let's stop and talk for about half an hour on this. Okay. Um, the story begins on a beautiful sunny day in Daytona Beach, Florida, with a man by the name of David Bramer, <laughs> a 45-year-old single man that works at the local high school as a science teacher. That's a fragment there. Sure. He also teaches astronomy at the 12th grade level. Now he has been at this school for about five years. <laughs> well, you, this is the chapter one. That's, oh, did I skip ahead? Yes, Damn yes, me. yeah. The, the summary begins similarly. The story focuses on one man by the name of David Bramer right. and his That's adventures as confused. first science officer. Um, yeah, you know, it talks about he also has a romance with one of the locals in New Smyrna Beach, Florida. Her name is Cheryl Cheryl Cheryl. Baskell, a local restaurant owner, um, but yeah, it goes on like that to uh, to describe the uh, the bases. Um, it goes on to describe the the creatures he's going to encounter, the Paulines, um, new friends who are an alien race. Uh, it goes on to describe their adversaries, the Archons, and uh, I, I don't know why you put this before any of the stuff you're going to tell us. Well, obviously, I was very curious about this myself. Oh. Um. And so, uh, luckily for us, the the writing of this book was completely uh, recorded. He was very meticulous with his notes. Okay, yeah, and, sure. 
uh, for Pus- you know, he knew that history would you know, just how Winston Churchill ch- kept a diary type of thing. Sure, you can you can do anything. He was telling not just his own children; he was telling generations that because he did it and he knew. You know, much like the framers of the Constitution kind of knew that history was shining history, a light on them. Yes. They were well aware of their own positions, and they jockeyed, and they, uh, yeah. Uh, so was he. <laughs> and so he, he took meticulous notes. And I don't know if this was a, a Snowden dug these out or whether it was Julian Assange or whatever, but oh, sure, the, the tapes of the writing of this were released. And uh, you look at it and you think, of course there was no editor. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, God. (laughs) I mean, mean, we said that with almost every book we've had. We've wondered, where is the editor? Where mm -hmm. is the editor? Well, there there was an attempt to edit this book, and uh, my God, that is a that is a stunning reveal. (laughs) Yes, yeah. So we we actually we have tape of it, and I think it explains what ultimately happened um, and why the editing you know turned out the way it did. But uh, but there was an attempt. So um, and and I dug that out. Um, I I went to the there's another dark web that's below the dark web. I don't know if you're aware of that. I wasn't. Darker yeah. web? Darker web, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think they just they gave up and just named it Dark Web 2.0, which I think is really lame. Yeah, it's punting. What are you going to do? Uh, anyway, it's a good resource, and, and so here it is. Uh, you know, military-grade encryption and everything. Sure, uh, I mean, you know, we know the drill. Yeah. Sure. Um, so let's listen to an attempt to edit uh, the moon people. Here we go. Dale, honey, here's that copy editor I told you about. She's got notes on your intro. Oh, wonderful. Sit down and let's dig in. As a writer, I welcome all criticism, no matter how large or small. Let's have at it. The first thing I did is I took a first pass, and it sounds like you have written a blurb that readers are going to look at and decide whether or not the plot and the voice sounds interesting enough for them to pick it up. Very insightful. That's exactly right. So what do you have? And I overall think that we are very far from the mark in terms of what this needs to do if it's a book blurb. There's a lot of well, details I mean, in here that don't set, seem like they're central to the, the main scene. plot at all. Oh, no, 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 they're, like they're, they're, they're what central. this girlfriend does for a living. Well, it's, uh, it's and then color. there's quite a few more details that I wanted to see that are just what? completely missing. I said there's two alien teacher. races that you introduce and we don't know what their issue is well, with each other or why they're fighting. Why you, we don't know why this guy the, David becomes part of their fight. Well, um, and then the other thing that really needs to change is we need to take out all of the spoilers. This book is based on the turning point for Earth into a new era of space travel and the beginning of the age of Aquarius. Uh, Turning point... Of what? Well, the, I don't know what a new era of space travel means. Well, like, I didn't, is the government I wasn't funding exactly space travel? Are there civilians space traveling? I, Not specific enough. Well, I mean, and the beginning of the as, age as of Aquarius. Should be. Uh, I... I now, now that is don't good think term, this is important stay, to the plot of the book. I uh, think you might no, just be using no. this in quotes because it's a term. Two hours later. I really think we should tone down uh, that the spaceships no. also have one very big no. surprise because I read that no, and all good. of a sudden I was anticipating these amazing surprises that yes, might yes, happen. It, it is a There's surprise. apes working on the, no, on the ship. Uh, aliens are captains. No, it's much better than uh, that. And then I found out that uh, the ships are split into yes. three independent yes. working sections, three, and that is not sections. a very That's big exciting. surprise. 
People uh, want to know that. Really a surprise at all. You're just describing no. the ships. Three and a half hours later. I would challenge you to go to your bookshelf if you have one and find a single book that has ever on the blurb on the back of it said, I hope you will enjoy my book. It's incredibly unprofessional. We need to take that out. Um, because it's action-packed from the beginning to the end. You've just had a hundred words to try to convey that to your readers. Let's take this out and work on showing them why it's action-packed. I enjoy scuba diving Never, never tell when you have a blurb like this. Please show us. So, I mean... Wow, yeah. It explains a lot. Uh, they... Editor had some good ideas, it sounded like. The voice, I mean, to me, all, it was almost familiar. I don't know. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. I wonder if it was like, uh... no, I, I couldn't be. Uh, anyway. Uh, but yeah, the, he he didn't seem to take the editing very well. So I wonder if he like fired them after they edited the Well, just I the think, yeah, I think intro? he just did, ignored it all. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what would have been left had he taken that advice is the thing. Right, exactly. Take away, uh, carve away everything that doesn't look like an elephant, I guess, is right. what the... Uh, <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Carve away anything that isn't terrible. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the editor had the same idea about spoiler alerts. <laughs> Spoiling your entire book, not a good idea. Um, well, yeah, so the uh, the only, only other thing for that intro is that uh, uh, listener Janelle said we should have a uh, draw a Pauline challenge because uh, he provides that description Um now on their missions, they encounter some new friends called the Paulines. They are very friendly and eventually join Earth and save Earth together. The Paulines are very tall, about 7 feet to 8 feet on average. Their legs and arms and torso are elongated and also their neck. However, they are humanoid and angels from heaven to Earth. So. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a wacky uh, but also very serious uh, story. Uh, but yeah, if you got a you got a drawing or representation of a Pauline, we'd love to see it. Um, and right below that description, here's a thing you do not see, probably in any book. Uh, well, one thing leads to another, and before you know it, <laughs> it is an all-out space battle for our existence. <laughs> uh, so that's that's just the intro, folks. Yeah, and one thing does lead to another. Into chapter one, you revealed the first uh, the first sentence, however, but I, I do want to focus on it. It says. David Bramer is a 45-year-old single man that works at the local high school as a science teacher. He also teaches astronomy in the 12th grade level. Um, astronomy is very much a science. Um, it's like he's saying, you know, I'm an English teacher. I also teach literature. <laughs> right. Um, so that's the uh, that's what we're in for right here. Um, and yeah, you you brought it up before. I have them all written down here. My possible pronunciations for his love interest. Oh, sure. Ms. Baskell. Yes. Uh, so C H E R A L. Yeah, it's unusual. Chirol, <laughs> Chirol, Cheryl, Keol, Cheral, Cheral, or Cheral, Cheryl, Cheryl, Carol, Kirol, Chirol, Chiral. And I'm I'm probably missing a few, but that's what I got to, <laughs> right? Because nothing jumps out. You don't go, oh, that's definitely Cheryl. You do not definitely say that. That was what I sort of landed on after, you know, agonizing about it. Cheryl is kind of my, but 
that doesn't sound right either. So I don't know. <laughs> why, why, why put these stumbling blocks? I, you, everybody else is named David and Bud and John and right. Gary. There's and a Steve. guy, there's an astronomer literally named Mr. Moon. So he's not, uh, <laughs> he's not going for challenges in other aspects of it. There why? is something later. There is a, a thing later where I, I just want to see, I, I don't want to spoil it, but there is something that made me think there was like maybe some text to voice going on or something. So we'll, oh. uh, um, we'll see if that, uh, we'll see if, when, when we get to that, we'll see if that maybe is what was Yeah, happening. there are some unusual, you're right. There were some things that I couldn't, like this is so far off that a spell check wouldn't have caught it, but right. how do you get to this kind of a thing? Yes, exactly. Maybe yeah, we're probably yeah. talking about the same thing, but uh but yeah, so so Cheryl is uh, preparing her restaurant for another shuttle launch at the Cape because she has a restaurant where you can see the launch real good. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I briefly wondered whether he was talking about that the restaurant itself was going to launch. <laughs> I'm not ruling it her out. restaurant for a shuttle launch. <laughs> uh, so this is a, a an amazing detail. They they. Down in you know uh, in the Cape, you can see uh, Daytona Beach. You can see these shuttle launches. Um, he also informs us, uh, you know, about down at the end of the page. Today is also October twenty seventh of the year twenty forty eight. So he just slides that right in there. The next shuttle launch at the Cape is on Halloween. So this is a five day process of prepping her restaurant for this shuttle launch. Like I wasn't sure exactly what it meant by prepping. I assume just putting up some, you know. Uh, garlands or something you know just like you put up uh super bowl decorations in a in a dive bar type of thing but maybe uh, she's got some merch or something on the side right <laughs> yes like area I, 51 or something i don't know right um but yeah if, she, if she's selling uh t-shirts or something she's like it's revealed also that there have been uh i think three shuttle launches this week <laughs> Yeah, they've been launching three. Sh- it's so it says it says everyone. Yeah, first of all, everyone is very suspicious about the next launch on the thirty first because of it being Halloween, and this this becomes a major plot point. Utter projection from this guy, from this lunatic, because <laughs> nobody ever thinks about it. other than the inconvenience of oh, well, it is Halloween. Maybe we should, you know, nobody. I, I don't change my plans based on Halloween. No. So, I, yeah, once it came up for the eighth time that people are very nervous about that, I, I, is he confusing it with Friday the 13th? Hmm. Like a bad luck day? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> because otherwise, yeah, it's just like, oh, I hope, you know, some, some, some punks don't TP my house. But otherwise, that, you know, that doesn't happen very often. Uh, now, you mentioned the reveal. I think it's supposed to be a, holy cow, it's 2048. Yes. Boy, did he have us fooled. But he says, today is also October 27th in the year 20. In, in addition to what? <laughs> it is sort of a, uh, like you said, like a, uh, you know, that sentence from the thing, just like, you know, I forgot to mention this, as if you were telling a uh, an oral folktale or something. Right. <laughs> um, another one that threw me, uh, before he was a teacher, he used to work for the government for UFO research about five years ago. He didn't like the job much because he was always bored. So I was th- like, the setup is why, why, you know, why did you leave it? Cover-ups, the right. existence of other life forms kind of rocked your worldview. Yeah, you, you couldn't tolerate the, uh, the, the immoral things they were doing, keeping this info from the public or torturing these aliens. Right. The, the, you were getting, um, you know, strange threats. Um, uh, you, you feared for your, your family or, you know, your extended family. Yeah. Or you were the- having the visions like, uh, 
close encounters that were just sort of haunting you. You couldn't sleep because you were they were beaming messages into your into your brain at night. Nah, I was bored. <laughs> it's why I quit the glasses lens company that I worked for in two thousand four. Um, but I like this, you know, he, he does have a way with words. He, he sort of paints, paints majestic imagery, just like you see on the cover. Everyone laughs about the way the base stations were. Look, they look like a giant empty toilet paper holder from earth. (laughs) (laughs) So you've got, uh, you know, this is, uh, it's exactly like, you know, Stanley Kubrick's 2001 vision. You know, the people say it's a little boring, but at least it just looks beautiful. It really captures the. The, the experience of, of transcending Earth's surly bonds. Well, there's, this is a form of humor that there's not much of it here. This is pretty <laughs> dry stuff, but there's one that's coming up that uh, I think he, he, he works his way into his humor and, and we're rewarded later on. This okay. one is a fairly lame start, but yeah. Um, do we, and we, we get a, a glimpse of the, the dialogue system. So far, this is just third-person narrator, but it says a... Uh, the USS Lunar Base, parentheses one and parentheses two, are rotating at this time. And in about three, the number three, three months, the Lunar Base, parentheses three, will start rotating. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a chilling vision of the dialogue to come. And um. we get a, so this guy, you know, claims to be a, you know, a, a professional who's, who's, no way to mince words, not an idiot. <laughs> um, he's working for, you know, national security and foreign policies and war strategies and world economic equality. But then he's he's got – so I guess he's not necessarily a scientist, but he has, he lets us in on what these bases are going to do. Like one base is going to Jupiter. Uh, base two is heading to Pluto, uh, which I, you know, I, I just wanted to see what it would take to send a, a manned structure to Pluto because it's very far away. Uh, it seems like the New Horizon probe, which like was maybe a, a decade or five years ago, took a little under 10 years to get there. But mm-hmm. that was that was traveling uh, maybe about three times as fast as your as your manned, you know, space shuttle would. And that's not a base, which I'm imagining has a substantially slower time. It's more like a cruise ship. Uh, so I, I would guess it would take, you know, at least a couple generations to get there. Um, not the. Uh, Maybe, is there something about the fact that it splits into three sections that <laughs> makes it go faster? <laughs> that could be a huge advantage that he's he's just assuming knowledge from his audience that. Uh, I, I suppose. Have. I suppose. I guess I am the idiot in this in this situation. <laughs> it is amazing the uh, the world building in uh, 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 Shatner's world, yeah. Shatlart's world. Um, they made nods toward it. It was a lot of, you know, build it in your own head. There's like, you know, transparent runways or, or, you know, walkways and stuff like that. And there's cars, air cars flying around. Mm -hmm. He's got this world and he just, there's nothing. (laughs) We're living in this future where there are moon bases, but he's mostly talking about driving in his car. Like you get no idea what, (laughs) what, how's, how's this change? How's this different from life? And it appears to be not different at all. At all. Yeah. He's listening to terrestrial radio. Um, he has a, uh, the, the main innovation when I realized it was supposed to be like, wow, futuristic was the, uh, 80 inch chalkboard sized television <laughs> monitor in his classroom. Zeus, you mean? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, um, so this yeah, is a, a missed opportunity here though. So he's driving on his way to his job as a science teacher and an astronomy teacher on this day. Now on this day, David is on his way. That's a weird okay. construction. Yes. To the restaurant, like like always listening to his radio. 
His favorite song is playing when there's an interruption in the broadcast on the emergency broadcast system. This is all one sentence. This is K892FM. We take you live to NASA with a special report. How in the name of all that is good and holy did he not name his favorite song? Oh, My man. God, I wanted to hear his oh, favorite Oh, yeah. Song. That's details left out. <laughs> uh, yeah, because that would have been either an opportunity for humor or just a, a glimpse into this guy's life. Because clearly, this is a uh, a Mary Sue, right? This Dale M. Courtney is is uh, David Bramer, yes. right? Like, you know, he yes, couldn't even change the first syllable of his name. Yes, yes. He gets calls from NASA and wants him to go to the moon, of course. <laughs> but then, but um, so we get uh, Steve Slater is the, uh, <laughs> is the announcer, and here's Steve. We're not sure of anything yet. What we do know is it's coming from the direction of the constellation of Scorpio at the tail area, heading this way, going approximately 60,000 miles an hour, and it is a planet killer. We repeat, please do not panic. Now we resume <laughs> to your regular program. <laughs> Steve Slater is not at all a comforting voice during this trying time. <laughs> yes, right. Yeah, uh, it's a uh, the planet killer might be uh, might be you know something you want to tone down if you're asking people to please do not panic. Repeatedly asking them not to panic, he says it's very important that you don't. It and it once again reminded me of the classic. Uh, Remember, this is a double elimination <laughs> tournament. Yes. Please do not panic, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, he starts uh, – later on, he tells his students that, uh, you know, people people panicking could start dying because of the panic. Um, but he, he, he goes around and tells them, like, you know, the exact same information. This is whizzing toward our, our planet or our sun at, uh, you know, a, a, a miles per hour that we're supposed to believe sounds impressive. Um, but then he, uh, he stops for breakfast, and that's where we – we really get into the dialogue. Oh yeah! Now we're full, full into it. So the uh, he they put on the TV in the in the bar, not a normal sized TV, not chalkboard sized. Uh, we get some some just facts about the meteor, but it says, "Ladies and gentlemen, hopefully with God's help, nothing will go wrong. We will see the most spectacular event the world has ever seen since the beginning of time." But he says the same guy says it's going to be here in 178 days, but it's also going to miss by 25,000 miles. So I, you know, I'm not sure what this spectacular event uh, since the beginning of time is going to be because, like, we've all seen a comet before, and it's like, oh, there it is. You know, it's not like a Fourth of July firework finale or anything, but it's it's interesting that it's up there. Well, in in all of the chapters in this reading, the meteor, the meteor thing, this planet killer, I, I have no idea what it's doing. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. What is it supposed to be or not be? Um, you know, it, it, from one second that they phone in reports later and it's just like, I, I think we're in the clear and then, oh no, here it is. I, I, I have no idea what's going on. Yeah. They eventually, you know, use Zeus to do their own calculations getting ahead and the calculations are, are different, but you know, by a, by like 5% and they, they, they realize that, you know, they, they, they treat that as a grand revelation. Um, I guess missing, missing by 25,000 miles is pretty close because the moon is, is uh that's only a that's a tenth of the distance to the moon so i guess that would be pretty cool if a uh if a big object whizzed by like that but it also seems like it'd be pretty dangerous but uh which right. is why probably at the end of the report you heard everyone say the same three words <laughs> oh my god <laughs> which again people people all saying the same thing simultaneously a large crowd of people all doing that is a, it becomes another common theme here is a, a hallmark and and maybe that is the 
sort of Twilight Zone twist of what's different about the future is people all speak at the same time and they speak the exact same words. I mean, huh. that's pretty spooky if you think about it. It is. It's like uh, it's a uh, children of the corny type of thing. Right. Um, so the report comes, and this was my first dose of being confused by uh, it's all just one block of text on the PDF. It, it's not dissimilar to the book, but it's a little, there's variations. But uh, this is Steve Slater. I take you live to NASA Observatory to talk to Herbert Larson, head astronomer. Then in my first encounter of Herbert Larson in parentheses <laughs> really threw me off. Like, wait, what? Herbert is am I supposed to look up Herbert Larson? Is there a asterisk and then there's a paragraph below? Or something? But no, that is supposed to be him speaking. But then that disappears and doesn't come back again for chapters. So very, very confusing. But uh, Steve Slater, the voice of Steve Slater again. Please, it's very important not to panic. It won't help at all. It will only make things worth worse. Now we take you back to your regular program. The news reporters seem to always make things a little more scarier than they need to be for effect. Wow. So I don't know whether that was Steve reporting on himself. <laughs> uh, but I think that's supposed to be David responding to him. Uh... But but he just told everyone in no uncertain terms not to panic. So right. he's not making it. He's quite downgrading True. this event, which yes. is going to p- kill the planet. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. very James Wenny, and he has no grasp of what's happening from one sentence to the next. Right. But then, uh, so David sort of acts as the voice of reason, even though Steve Slater, as we just saw, is also being the voice of reason saying, don't panic. He says, uh, says it probably won't collide with anybody. And then everyone realized who David was and what he did for a living. Then everyone started to calm down and listen to what he was saying. <laughs> Suddenly, everyone went ahead and ate their breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> so I just like the idea of people suddenly all, you know, simultaneously eating their breakfast at the same time. Well, again, that's a, a spooky thought if it was played out in sort of a, uh, you know, do a little Dutch angle on the camera and everyone at the same time realizes who he is and then begins eating their breakfast, you know, zombie-like. Right. That's, yeah. Uh, you know, I guess there's an element of uh, terror to that. It is. It's like the birds, like, walking outside and they're all, you know, perched on the on the playground and phone lines and stuff. Right. But speaking now, here's, of, yeah, go ahead. Here's a bit of humor again. Oh, this isn't there's there's more to come, but I'm not sure how I feel about this because I, I don't want him to stop trying. I want a <laughs> glimpse into the mind of what he thinks is funny. Yeah, but this one I'm not a fan of. I'm just I want to be clear on that, but I don't want him to stop. It says, as the reporter started telling everyone what was going on, you could hear a mouse burp. Right. <laughs> and here was spelled H-E-R-A. I'll just point that out. We don't. We won't point out everyone. Yeah, you, you have to do so. When they, when they improve a sentence like that, you've got to let them know. Yeah, that was a that was a popular uh, dumb sentence of the week. But uh, oh, sorry. Uh, but yeah, I mean, again, coining a phrase like "is a mouse fart" something that you say before. I mean, a pin drop is clearly the traditional. Yeah, it just it struck me as 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 odd and sort of I don't know, just kind of yeah. What? <laughs> Maybe if you're from the weird part of the uh, Florida Panhandle where they name people Sheral, uh, it might be a right. uh, a colloquialism. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, I did wonder. Speaking of that, is he going for the uh, the the cafe in the right stuff? Have you ever seen that or no. read the book? Uh, there's there's like this dusty old cafe out where they're doing these tests. Where, you know, like a diner cafe with a crusty old woman behind the counter and they all, you know, uh, John Glenn and everyone meet in there and huh. yeah, 
I just wondered if is that what he's maybe trying to summon up? There's a cafe where the yeah. space NASA's right there, and yeah, I think I, it's a it's a it's a diner type of place, like. Um... You know, and Cheryl, I, you know, it doesn't seem to be crusty because we get her smiling, sexy smiles a whole bunch coming up. But, uh, <laughs> well, but, but so she had had a sexy smile on her face <laughs> and then went to the kitchen. I guess so. Yes. It was not necessarily in response to whatever he did. And what he does is he, he orders his uber mysterious breakfast, the 222. Yeah, let's let's talk about that. Yeah, what's going so, on here? So yeah, it's his usual. He, David turned to Sheral with a smile, and Sheral said two two two. David said, "You know me, yes, ma'am." Coming right up, Sheral smiled. She had a sexy smile on her face, and then went to the kitchen. <laughs> that, was, that was one of my dumb sentences. <laughs> That's one you're you're not going to see in a lot of other books ever again. She I don't had think a so. sexy smile on her face, and then went to the kitchen. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it comes up uh, more than often, and it is not explained. So maybe I'm missing out. Maybe I'm revealing my my coastal elite status by not knowing. That could be uh, two eggs, two bacon, two sausage links. Hmm. Yeah, I guess you know uh, it's not. I don't think it's the Florida area code that they're in. Um, is it the? It's the local meat and meat and three. Is I that suppose. The, yeah, that's the yeah. Nashville version. But uh, then, yeah, she comes back out, and that's a. Uh, I've been coming here for a long time, and you know, we never really got to know each other that well. Do you make think maybe that David seemed to be a little? Ner- oh, right. So this this is another one. So I'm, I'm going to read that again the way that I believe it's supposed to be intended. Okay. This is David talking. I've been coming here for a long time, and you know, we never really got to know each other all that well. Do you think maybe that David seemed to be a little nervous? Well, I was wondering if you would like to go out with me sometime. Cheryl put a sexy smile on her face and said, you know, I would really like that a lot. It's a narrator. It's the narr- it's uh it's it's uh DMC uh you know turning to the camera. Yeah, I but it's in the middle of the sentence, right? Yes. <laughs> but like so yeah, I mean it's 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 you know, I guess David could be saying, Do you think maybe that comma David seemed to be a little nervous, but then there's a question mark, and we do see question marks completely out of place at some points in time during the story so it's possible that's an error as well the point is we have no idea what the intent is here yeah this was the section that i just sent to bridget like look i won't i promise i won't do much of this (laughs) but please read this and it goes on after she put a sexy smile on her face right and said you know i would really like that David put a big smile on his face, so a completely sexless smile, but right. that's great. How about Friday night? Again, just you have to trust us. There are no, no clues that anyone's speaking here at all. Right. Cheryl said, okay, that sounds good to me. Super. David answered and was very happy because Cheryl said yes. Um, I yeah. mean, what do you even, I, I don't even know what to say about that. Right. I, I mean, this guy is, is 45. He has three kids. We're led to believe he's, he's, you know, wooed his chair of women, but this is a, uh, this is evidently how he thinks it works. <laughs> uh, Bridget then produced a, a book parody that I wrote many, many years ago for, uh, it was for a video game. It was like a thing that you could, an, uh, you could find in the, the pocket of a, uh, of your airplane and read it. It was a, a novel that someone had left behind. Wait, wait. Like a, you 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 wrote a fake found novel? Yes. Okay. 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 <laughs> it wasn't super long. <laughs> but it uh it had the prose style that I what I wanted to make clear was that the it was the author writing himself as the coolest guy who ever lived. Oh, nice. 
and the pros is very close to this. <laughs> Do you still I have it? Produce that. I, I have it. I okay. have the actual hard copy. I'll put up. Uh, I'll scan it and put it up on the Patreon. Nice. <laughs> Not the whole thing. You you could never get through the whole thing. But. Perfect. Um. So this is a. Uh, this is he. He leaves, and we get more. Uh, as he was driving to work, he noticed everyone seemed to be driving a little crazy and yelling at each other, which is a great <laughs> mental image. <laughs> I mean, it is Florida, as we know. So um, Florida men are everywhere, but uh, everywhere, yeah. When he got to school, he noticed everybody was running around panicking. Everybody was telling everyone to calm down. Pick one. <laughs> Pick which one well, is it? Well, this is my, my, the only way I could figure it. That, so everyone was panicked and running around. And the way they panic is to tell everyone else to calm down. Yeah. That's the only way you can square that circle. So this is, you know, we, I think we see that before, you know, people being like, get a hold of yourself, which is not a, an effective way of getting someone to calm down. So it could be that type of thing. Yeah, it's the old, uh, you know, 50s and 60s movies. A woman panics and the guy grabs her by the shoulders and shakes her and says, <laughs> get a hold of yourself. Yes. Oh, thank uh, you. This is helping so much. Yeah. But so, yeah, everyone is running around panicking. Everybody's telling everyone to calm down. It's not even just the one guy at the end of Animal House saying, uh, you know, nothing to see here. Please right. you know, remain calm. <laughs> but then this is bizarre. And I think maybe you'll even be surprised that I know this. But his favorite students walk in. His favorite students are Billy Berenson and Kathy Rigby. Wait, Kathy, what? Kathy Rigby is a uh, is a uh, is was famous oh, for is. playing Peter Pan. I didn't even. Uh, she was a she a gymnast, I believe. An okay, Olympic gymnast. <laughs> yeah, and I think it was on like TV or something. There was a TV movie or something, and my my you know mom was like, "Oh, it's it's Kathy Rigby like returning to her famous role as Peter Pan," and I was like. I know I, I have a I have a Garfield book to read. I can't do this, but uh, I Billy Berenson. I googled the only results are from uh, you know excerpts of Boon People, but then he just went ahead and named the other one after maybe someone he had a crush on growing up or something. That is bizarre. I did I passed right over that without reading that. Nice, <laughs> Kathy uh, Rigby. That's that is very strange. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, they walk in. They're they're of course panicked. But he says uh, he he lets him know that he does have one of the latest telescopes, and uh, and it, it the chapter ends with him uh, going to return a call because they say that Bud Walker at NASA has called him, so he has to leave to uh, to talk to him. Um, and this is the description again: square this circle. Then Billy said, "That's pretty cool, Professor." Yeah, that is cool. Kathy replied. <laughs> David spoke up and said, "I've got to go to the office to get some forms." So he's in the middle of setting up his thing, but he suddenly realizes he's got to go get some forms. No yeah. explanation of what that is. <laughs> I'll be right back, so be good. Yes. Billy and Kathy both said, okay, Mr. Braymar. As David arrived at the office, everyone was very busy and a little panicky. It was close <laughs> to chaos. <laughs> so everyone is panicky. It is chaos, except for his students, uh, Mickey Rooney and Judy Garland, who are right. saying how cool his telescope is. Right, yes. What yeah. the hell? Gee whiz, you've got a telescope. That's cool. The kids and I could use this. Uh, there are people smearing their own feces on the walls out right, in the hall. Yeah. There's been a uh, there's been a a, a mass uh, suicide in gymnasium too. Um. <laughs> but I'm going to grab those forms and I'll pop right back. Ah, oh, swell. Can't yeah. wait. <laughs> uh, the uh the no, no students are are actively you know uh updating their five million follower tiktok channel about the uh, end days <laughs> <laughs> oh my god 
Uh, and so that's it. I, that's all I got. That's a yeah. brief chapter. That's it. But so we we complained about the uh, the chapters in uh, Shadow Moon being these endless tomes uh, that you know clearly ignored any reasonable point where you should divide it up. This is the exact opposite. Chapters <laughs> just end like mid mid sentence essentially and pick right back up. You know, with they had no reason to be uh, to be indicated that there needed to be a chapter break. Don't you think this is? Uh, it's like the panicking and putting quotes around it i think he panics and puts question marks behind things and he panics and ends chapters right. <laughs> i don't think he has any clue as to why he just knows he saw a book once although i'm still i'm doubtful that he did because <laughs> <laughs> you would you would know how to put quotes around something or know how to indicate someone was speaking yeah it's put parentheses in had you ever read a book yourself no it's entirely his own form of written communication <laughs> um it is it's like uh it's like something where you the the elderly guy upstairs you know you get the notice that he he willed his all his belongings to you and you go up there and he's uh he's he's written these this long world and you're like wow it's outsider arts and that's what it is but but he does he he gives the chapters names so chapter two is called the new job so my theory is maybe it just like where, wherever the previous day's fugue state ended he goes back in, he he picks up his, you know, document again and he's like, I guess it's a new chapter now. Don't remember writing any of that, but uh, you know, I'm going to I'm going to re-enter into that state and wherever I leave off today, it will be the uh it will be the end of today's chapter. He hangs his scuba gear in the garage and uh heads up to his uh, laptop and like, where was I? Ah, oh, let's get, yeah, let's make him a new job. <laughs> the three kids are getting back from school any minute now, so I've got to bang something out today to hit my quota. Uh, well, this chapter starts with it in the electronic version, and if you have the book version with you, tell me if it's the same. It just begins with, yes, Mr. Bramar, I'm head of operations out here at NASA. Yes, very No confusing. indication that anyone is speaking. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And, right. But yeah, that's Bud. Uh, Bud is the head of uh, head of operations. But yeah, it, 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 extremely confusing because we don't even get the parentheses at this point in time. Yes, uh, and this is... a. Uh, Go ahead. He says, this is about the meteor, isn't it? Yes, Bud replied. I hear, H-E-R-E, you're, why you are, the best at what you do. David smiled and said, well, I don't know about being the best, but I do teach astronomy in high school and have been into astrology for about 20 years. Click. Yeah. That, Hello? That is, yes. Hello? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we needed a, non, uh, a non-idiot who, who, who has an actual science background for this NASA job, sir. I uh, will be calling someone else. He, uh, he calls over to the Weekly World News and says, do me a favor, call up this idiot. Uh, <laughs> yes. Have we, him talk about his astrology, will you? Right, yeah. We, uh, he calls up, uh, you know, we, we, need a, we need a leading poultry scientist for this uh, bird flu that's wiping out our, our farms. Well, I do have one of those Gwyneth Paltrow yoni eggs, so I suppose you could be, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I do have a background in eggs. So, yeah, sure, sign me up. Um, I, that was so puzzling that I wondered... Mistake? Is it a mistake? Does he mean, did he just mean that he's into? But he says. And I've, <laughs> and I've been into astronomy for about 20 years. He says, I teach it in high school and have been into it. So if you, if you, yeah, assuming that good faith, I do teach astronomy in high school and I have been into astronomy for about 20 years. Also is not a good, uh, does not, not NASA material, not, you know. I know that's not an out, but I'm trying to find some, <laughs> some way to account for the madness of that sentence. <laughs> 
Uh, but Bud has some, well, it's, you know, it's a uh, open a door, close a window type of thing. Our head astronomer Herbert Lawson and his assistant were in an automobile accident yesterday. They're both in pretty bad shape. They will be all right. <laughs> Which is it? <laughs> I mean, imagine that you're getting that phone call about a loved one. Sir, there's been a terrible accident. They were in pretty bad shape. Oh, my God. They will be all right. Why didn't you say that, you monster? <laughs> He's the uh, the doctor from uh, Arrested Development. You know, I'm afraid we've lost him. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, he jumped out a window. He's running down the street. We can't. You son of a... <laughs> um, and then so he's, he's sort of is saying, since Herbert Lawson and his assistant were in an accident, we need you to come uh, do this. Uh, and this is, to me, this is one of the most amusing things I've ever had to speculate. Uh, David said, wait, I have a job. Yes, I know, Bud replied. We are willing to go the extra mile here. We will pay top dollar on this one. And we have a substitute to take your place at school. All of this is coming straight from the top. So I just, I need to know, like, who at NASA was tasked with the job of finding a a substitute high school astronomy teacher. (laughs) Because at most schools, it's sort of like you just go into the the sub pool, you know, like someone gets the... uh, Someone gets the call, you know, someone who's, you know, and, uh, but I guess NASA just sort of put their top man on that one. It's just so funny that that is a detail, obviously, that is niggling at our author, whereas right. no one reading the book would ever in a million years right. be worried about. But if he <laughs> takes the position, right. how are they going to get a substitute teacher? <laughs> but uh, he wants to make sure none of us are troubled by that. Right. What troubles me is that they, they keep, you know, this becomes, you know, once again, we've said this five times already, this becomes a running theme, but the uh, the top dollar salary they're talking about, he can't even be bothered to put a uh, a James Wynn childishly round number figure on it. Hilarious, because later he speculates on it with having having given no indication of what it is, except saying it pays pretty well. And then he says, uh, you know, but I bet it's probably more than what I'm making now. <laughs> Why didn't you just ask? Put it in? <laughs> right. <laughs> Why are we all dancing around the fact there's a couple discussions of salaries and no numbers ever? Yeah. And, you know, you, you could easily, you know, just, yeah, blow us out of the water. $150 million. He's giving up 10 years of his life, we realize. That's what the commitment is. So, like, you know, do something like a, 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 a pro-athlete salary, something like that. Like, uh. You're, it's enough money to make him leave uh, the 222 and Chiral, uh, so it's you know sizable. But yeah, put put a figure on it. So he goes, he goes, be- he says he thinks about it. He goes back to his classroom, hooks up the 80 uh, inch chalkboard sized monitor to the telescope. Um, so yeah, that's again meant to be impressive, but it's sort of what a lot of people essentially have in their basement at this point in time. Um, but don't you think the uh, the rundowns of the equipment sounded a little uh, familiar? Oh, what Dwight was it? David Thrashian with the spying. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 definitely. He just, he kind of gets, he goes into a little eddy here, a little side pool and just spends a, a minute talking about <laughs> the 80 inch chalkboard computer monitor in a way that made me, made me think of that. Yes, right. The, uh, the contact lens, uh, telescope and, uh, the, uh, the hearing, uh, sonar mechanism that the, the spy team had. Right, right. But, uh, you know, the so even though these kids have undoubtedly grown up with, uh, you know, retina projection and 80 inch 
TVs are now as, as, as lame as a 30 incher was for us uh, 10 years ago. Uh, when he hooks it up, the whole HOLE class made a wow sound. And then they all said about the same time, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Again, these spooky children, you are freaking me out. Yeah. Um, and then uh, at that point, David knew he had a hit. And then he told Billy to turn out the classroom lights. They could see the meteor very clear as if it were nighttime. Also, everyone shouted out, there it is. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, I think your your theory is correct. There's some sort of horrible, uh, you know, thing happened to a, uh, a a generation of children a couple years ago. And, and now they're all have a hive mind and speaking like that. Well, while they're doing this, are they is there still panic in the rest of the school and he doesn't uh, update us on whether, the, like, the panic levels, do they stay? Do we always assume a level of panic is the baseline? Uh, I think or... this gives them a a, ba- a a a break from that, but the panic does return in the next chapter. Right, right. So this is, might it might be suspended as they're gazing at the pretty good high definition, David says. It's so clear. The whole class at the same time said, yeah. So I'm glad that high definition is still impressing people the same way it did in uh, in 2004 when the first uh, right. first year friends got an HD TV. Oh, I had that one 44 years ago, but wow! <laughs> right. uh, another oddity is that the class uh, will either say at the same time things or they will sound out at the same time, which is not a wow. The class sounded out. Yes. That's just an odd construction for what he's trying to accomplish there. Wow. Yeah. So they were, they, it's like, you know, like they were doing a phonics lesson. <laughs> yes. But then right after he sounds it out, Billy looks at David and yelled out, Ask <laughs> Zeus if the meteor is going to hit her. <laughs> yeah. That could be a panicked yell. <laughs> and then the whole Kirk class Douglas yells there, out, like, uh... Why not? So. <laughs> The class, wow, they sounded out. And then, wow, they sounded out again. Then Billy yells, <laughs> ask Zeus if the monitor's going to hit Earth. Uh, David says, maybe I shouldn't. The whole class yells out, why not? <laughs> Imagine as a teacher, you'd be like, okay, all right, you've all obviously organized a prank. Uh, the next time anyone yells at anything simultaneously, whoever yells it out is going to the principal's office. Right. <laughs> Uh, this has the most amazing chapter end and, uh, you know, restarting the new chapter. The last sentence of chapter two is, it's not that simple, Billy. Chapter end. <laughs> chapter three begins. There's a lot of things that could be wrong. <laughs> well, I have a, since you were reading the ebook, I have some, I have a revelation for you. Oh, what? So this is a, uh, you know, the class yells out, why not? Billy tells David, hey, professor, we're all... Well, the revelation is that there's an extra sentence that ends the chapter. <gasps> what? <laughs> the whole, so he, he has gone back. He's looked it up. He's determined that the original uh, estimate of 185 days is incorrect. They have nothing to worry about because it's going to be 204 days, 6 hours and 22 minutes and 44 seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, Zeus points out that the, uh, the meteor is over 10 kilometers in diameter. Um, and so the, the, the main thing that this Zeus calculated was that it was going to be like 25 days more. Um, so this is very, very dramatic, but he says, Hey, professor, we are all in this together. It's not that simple. Billy David replied, the computer could be off. I just hooked it up. Wow. <laughs> so who's editing the, the ebook? Version? I do not know. I think it's just a copy and paste here. I think, 
he must have just like cut it off, you know, um, as he was copying it from the regular doc to the to the ebook doc. But Do you so think the, it is that he was not using something like Google Docs or something, and he was doing his own, you know, save versions, and he had just tons of them, and he accidentally pasted in the wrong save version after yes, he had done right, revisions. Yeah. <laughs> he had you know Moon People Vir three point final rev, right. you know, final final. <laughs> I, I had to deal with that when I wrote my first book. There still wasn't a, you know, that that you just had to keep track of all your saves. And it was always horrifying. I'm like, save changes? Like, no. Right. Yes? No? I don't remember. Oh, my God. Yeah, I can't even imagine. Uh, so, wow. Well, that's but shocking. Yeah. So, so, how so does think the about that. three start then? It's, well, it starts the same way. But so his his whole thing is, like, he is saying that since he just hooked up the top-of-the-line Zeus telescope... That there's some sort of um, calibration period or some sort of, uh, uh, you know, newborn period where you're less accurate as a uh, high-powered state-of-the-art telescope. It's just, it's, you know, like like I turn on my computer for the first time and all of a sudden all my Google results are going to be, you know, they need a settling-in period for the first day or two. Yeah, it's got to break in a little bit. <laughs> sure, yeah. yeah. Okay. Don't listen to it now. It's like climbing but shoes, yeah. <laughs> oh, I guess it's in this chapter that he asks Zeus how accurate Zeus is, <laughs> I think. Yeah, it uh, it's in chapter three, right? Yeah. Oh, it is? Okay. I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so it starts off with the uh, with the same way that you that you ended it. Um, but uh, but uh, he he wants Zeus to to estimate this, but he's worried. He says, Billy says, "How about if we all pledge not to say anything?" David smiled and thought for a moment and said, "This is serious, people. A lot of people can die in a panic." <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, he's as smiling by the uh, 43 people stacked up in the hallway outside of this room right now <laughs> right. right there's yeah you know there see another gunshot out in the hallway we all heard it like but uh so he uh he he says since billy says we really give our word david laughed and said okay listen very carefully class if you hereby pledge to this class and to God <laughs> that you will not tell anyone what we find out in this class about the meteor, I will ask Zeus that question. Wow, David, settle down. <laughs> uh, oh, this one cracked me up. First of all, it was here and by. And again, you, we can't point out all these things, but some of them are just funny. And then he just puts a period in the middle of that. If you swear by God, will not tell anyone that we find this out at the class about the meteor, period. <laughs> I will ask Zeus that question <laughs> again. He just panics; like he can't write. That sentence was getting a little long, so it must need yeah. some sort of punctuation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, and everybody in the class sounded out. I do. Right, you, you know, the, uh, Moses Rubenstein in the back row is, you know, sure, I'll, I'll pledge to your God, whatever. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and then the curious sentence after that. Uh, I hope I'm not making a big mistake. <laughs> Which I don't know if he's saying that to the children. I don't yeah. Know. Is the smile still on his face as he's uh, revealing this information that could cause people to die in a panic? His non-sexy smile. <laughs> so we get this. Uh, Zeus, will the meteor collide with any planet in our solar system? Computer. Parentheses. Negative. There is a 94% possibility that will collide with your sun. The whole class went silent. Then David said, remember, people, I just hooked this up. It may not be accurate. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so it, colliding with the sun appears to be Zeus's forecast. I don't know what would happen if a if a 10-kilometer meteor collided with the sun. I have to imagine it wouldn't be 
a giant deal? I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I wondered about that too. Because um, so ten kilometers is uh, the moon is uh, is three three thousand five hundred kilometers in diameter. Mm-hmm. So like you know, it's not you know, it's it's not planetoid. It's 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 big. It's not something you probably want to hit the Earth. It would wipe out a a small city. But you you know, uh, sun's diameter. Let's see. Well, certainly it's something <laughs> that the, the class goes silent here. But it seems like they would want to sound out to david yeah so <laughs> ask ask the thing what that means right. what's gonna happen <laughs> right. but right. they just go silent twice when it says there's only a six percent chance that it won't hit the uh won't hit your star as zeus cheekily says wow we call yeah. it the sun a-hole and you know that yeah. zeus, zeus are you not of this planet like were you were you I'm just warming up, okay? I'm sorry. I'll call it the sun from now on. I also like, you know, I, I Zeus, I don't know how much of a uh have a celestial uh you know track record he had. Like as far as I know, he was, you know, the thunder god and he was, you know, transforming into a swan to 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 bang unsuspecting uh rivals' wives and stuff. Yeah, he had uh, he had sons. It wasn't Dionysus torn from the thigh of Zeus? Yeah, and someone else not very celestial, springing out of his head. Yeah, so yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm, not, I'm puzzled by the name, but um, so the the bell rang, and he says, "Remember, class, don't say anything about what you have heard. People can die panicking. You took a pledge, so now he's essentially yes, yeah, swearing them to silence under penalty of death." Um. (laughs) (laughs) but in that in that moment of uh that's pretty grim you know he's giving them a warning he's you know drawing his finger across his throat (laughs) to david and kathy rigby the gymnast and star of peter pan my god and then uh uh he's billy answered there's a six percent chance we'll see you later professor david grinned and said smarty pants (laughs) i will kill you Smarty pants. Yeah, it's an episode of uh of like head of the class as the the death of our son approaches. <laughs> then Billy laughed and walked out with Kathy. So there's pretty light mood around what they just heard. Yeah, but uh, then they're, they're th- taking it well. Not only that, the same sentence continues, and finally, all of the students cleared out of the room. All of which had a doom look on their face. <laughs> so I mean, we can't do an audio challenge of that, but I uh, make a make a doom look on your face. And did you wonder what is with the leaving the EDs off of things that are? There's no way that he can't know that he has to put an ED on the end of words. Yeah, I I mean, you know, but then again, it says all of the students cleared out of the room. So the room becomes then the subject, all of which had a doom look on their face. So, um, <laughs> uh, I mean, so, you know, the, we, we talked about on the Patreon reveal, like, you know, there was that question, like, on Reddit, is this a troll? And people were like, no, he wrote other stuff. But, like, it's just the kind of thing that you couldn't possibly begin to fake, you know, when you make an intentionally bad movie, um, Sharknado and stuff. You just, this is the sort of thing that never occurs to you. Um, yeah, these expressions, these, you know, using Kathy Rigby, um, (laughs) putting, putting quotes in parentheses that you just would never, you'd never do that. It's, uh, it's beyond the, the, it's beyond the realm of your average, uh, you know, internet wise ass to try to try to undertake something like this. Yeah. You might get one element of it or something, but you couldn't get a bunch of them. They would sound your temptation to be 
too much, too hammy or something would uh, would kick in and you'd be you'd reveal yourself for sure. Yeah, I agree. Um, but here's here's a nice moment uh, from uh, the head of NASA to get some real good dialogue <laughs> in his. Uh, so he, he decides to uh, to call him up and, you know, he's going to do it. Right. So. Yeah. Um, so hello, Mr. Walker. This is David Bramer. This is the head of NASA. Bud <laughs> answered. Yes. How's it going? <laughs> so he's he's trying to fill the position of his uh his two uh mortally wounded uh top top level astronomers right who are going to be okay but he's basically a football coach from arkansas I guess. <laughs> right just even the name bud is that sort of uh i guess he's thinking of those crew cut guys from the right stuff probably i guess so how's it going but so, you know, let's talk about some parallels to another book we read of uh, Armada, where the uh, top generals had been sent to the moon. Um, they uh, where they were eating Cheetos up there and, you know, playing, uh, you know, playing Star Fox on their Nintendo 64 replicas type of thing. So uh, you've got, uh, you know, a, a New York Times million copy bestseller and you've got uh, this utter piece of garbage that everyone agrees is one of the worst books ever written. <laughs> And it, there was a scene in Armada too, where the uh, they're they're impressed by the high definition monitors somewhere, uh, you know, in the uh, in whatever year in the future that was too. So, oh, that's right. Yeah, I for, I'd forgotten the similarity to that other book, <laughs> uh, but but it is. Uh, I like this uh, this exchange too because it contradicts something from you know two pages earlier. David said, "By the way, sir, what were you talking about earlier?" Because we we skipped this, but but the head of NASA says, "I want you to do." come on board and I have another I have another job to tell you about and he says what were you talking about earlier I'll tell you when you get here bud said okay David answered I'll go ahead and make arrangements here for a substitute and I'll come on down NASA already arranged for a substitute they said that at the out front so I'm not sure if he doesn't trust their substitute finding or if he just uh, forgot about that himself but uh, uh, a contradiction yes yes but uh, we also get from the again the the operations director or the head, I forget what he is, but he's the head of NASA. I think so. Uh, Bud said, uh, all right, please drive careful. I'll see you in a little while. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that that was quaint and laughable, but then I remembered, well, you know, they did just have that big accident. I guess yeah. that's what he's referring to there. Yeah, everyone was uh, driving in a panic, driving a little crazy and yelling at each other. So the Bud That's true. It's true. That was actually... Yeah, that was actually a very grim conversation. I thought it was sort of dumb and quaint, but no, it, it was, please, drive careful. <laughs> drive careful. What, what is it? What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> What's happening? Uh, but this is another just, I mean, just another amazing detail. Do you have anything else on their conversation? No. Okay. This is one of my favorite sentences I've ever read. When David finally arrived at NASA, he had forgotten how big NASA had gotten in the past few years. <laughs> 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 was he expecting like the uh our, our our rift tracks office in san diego like uh you know six offices and some some boxes stacked in the hallway like <laughs> but it also is a puzzling uh, uh you know the construction of the sentence when david finally arrived he had forgotten how big <laughs> how big nasa has gotten <laughs> it changes tense three times <laughs> It's like, oh, well, NASA, you, you, you must be doing pretty well for yourself here. <laughs> yeah, it, it is also extremely lax security on this whole operation. And that continues going forward. <laughs> but, uh, you know, just call up a science teacher, have him come down. He <laughs> said, I'll substitute. call the front gate and they'll let you in. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's basically, 
just it's a gated community in Florida. And, yeah, uh, it's what you, you know. tell the uh, Chinese delivery guy. Yeah, you could get a three day pass. Just pop it on your windscreen, windscreen there, and uh, <laughs> you'll you'll be good to go. Uh, another example of that. Another just one of my favorite exchanges in all of in all of literature. As David was walking in, Bud was walking out, and almost bumped into each other. Hey, there he is, Bud says. <laughs> <laughs> And that's what we like. I mean, uh, does that have an origin? Because we use that as like a, that's just been a running joke for a, for a decade for us. Like, is that a, did you, did you come up with that or something? Does that have its origin somewhere else? Like, was that an example of like someone trying to, uh, to do a, a, a movie riff, but being bad at it or something? But there he is. Yeah. Well, I, I have a, I don't think I'm telling tales out of school as I was, this is years ago. I was with, uh, uh, a critic for something like an important critic, like the New York times or something. And we needed to schmooze these people. And it was at a hotel and Kevin was there. The guy came up to me, we'd gotten friendly and he said, Hey, you know, I've interviewed you guys a lot. I don't think Kevin knows who I am. I'm like, Kevin, <laughs> Kevin loves you. What are you talking about? The gate, he, he knows you. Kevin walks in, sits down and goes, Hey, there he is. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy just slapped his hands on the table and looked at me with wide eyes. <laughs> I don't know what I can say. All right. Yeah, so it's a hundred percent dismissive, uh, response of someone you, uh, you don't yeah. even want to pretend like you know the name of. Right. Um, so that's, yeah, that, that was great. But, uh, Bud says the meteor has been changing course. They've been keeping tabs on it. So everything that we, as soon as we see the meteor, that's going to kill us all. Everything from, from that moment out seems to indicate it's not going to. So all these people driving in panics are, are idiots. Um, well then, but the, I think Bud says here, like we, um, I don't see how we're going to stop a panic if everyone is watching on his or her new telescope, <laughs> yes. Bud replied. I mean, that's a pretty quick assumption that everyone has a Zeus telescope system, too. Right. Isn't it? Yeah, I know. It's a, uh, I don't know if they're the, uh, the uh, Alexas of their time where people just sort of have them installed, but uh, <laughs> um, they, are, they are top of the line. So it could be just the, uh, the, that year's big Christmas gift. I, that could be it was the Wii of ten years ago. Yeah, there are, everyone just is a is a much bigger loser in uh, twenty forty eight and uh, has has telescopes that they're all looking at all the time. Right, uh, but then he's taken in to meet uh, one of the great characters of literature, I think, <laughs> uh, Kim Moon. Yeah, so, and this uh, is his his new assistant. Yeah. He's uh, uh, this. He was the assistant to the guy who was maimed in the car wreck. <laughs> and this is a, a great bit of dialogue. Um, How do you do, Mr. Moon? David asked. Pretty good, Kim replied. I'm a little tired, but I'll be all right. How are you, Mr. Moon? Bud said, I am putting David Bramer in charge of all upper. I was just about to tell Mr. <laughs> Moon how tired I was. <laughs> I don't get a chance to. Uh, I just thought that was hilarious. Like, we have to know that his assistant's a little tired. <laughs> Maybe what that's just, that? you know, that's a, uh, that's, he, he's using a few words to tell a big story. The car wreck happened. Mr. Moon's been pulling in, you know, triple shifts ever since then. He's, you know, he's, he's. Well, a, we're all, we're all panicked. I guess that takes up a lot of energy. <laughs> sure. Just yeah. Panicked at all times. And, you know, obviously uh, not the first time we've compared it, but Dwight David Thrashian name for the, uh, for the, for the partner, the, the astronomer named Kim Moon is, um. Uh, just a stunning, stunning similarity. I wish 
that he had chosen like another, um, you know, gymnast from the past. Uh, this is your assistant, <laughs> Nadia Comaniche. <laughs> right. I'm starting to see a pattern here. Um, but the, so let's just move into chapter four unless you have anything else because it starts with another pretty amazing uh, exchange between those two. Well, I'm on four. Let's go. Four is titled The Job Offer, which, of course, takes place on the set of his new job he has already accepted. Um, it says, uh, I think this is another example of humor. Yes, uh, this definitely is. Moon says, uh, I will show you everything there is to know, Mr. Bramer. Just call me David. Okay, just call me Mr. Moon. No, I'm kidding. Just call me Kim. Okay, Mr. Kim. No, just Kim will be fine. Settle down. <laughs> Let's settle down here. This is, uh, <laughs> we do. Uh, I, I wrote, uh, his confidence is growing. He's written his way into his story. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. The first one is sort of like, he's, you know, he's at the gym on January 1st doing his first weightlifting. And then it's a month later and he's walking in like snapping towels at people and, uh, asking guys to spot for him and stuff. <laughs> Uh, and, you know, the, the head of NASA standing next to them watching this is going like, there is a meteor or maybe not a meteor, maybe headed towards us, maybe the sun. Come on. Right. His pager's going off from the uh, from the wife of the guy in the car wreck, you know, 911 call as soon as possible. It's yeah. taken a turn. <laughs> uh. um, yeah. So I don't I don't have a lot of this because this goes into a lot of specific details about them looking at the course of the meteor. Um uh, but it, it did it did have one great sentence that was also slightly different in the Kindle version, uh, but I'll read it with the punctuation. As they, semicolon, were both looking at the view screen at the same time, question mark? <laughs> <laughs> and I think in the Kindle version, they took out the semicolon, which really tears apart the, the author's intent here, you know? It's like colorizing uh, Psycho or something. Right, right. Um, the only things I have are just some curious... Uh, so. They're trying to figure out what's going on with it, like you say, disappearing, accelerating, whatever. And David says he'll inform the boss. So he's uh, so then, okay, David replied, I'll use this phone. And then just nothing from Kim, frozen out, left hanging about his phone choice. I mean, <laughs> I'm going to call him, I'll use this phone. What what is he trying to get from that? Maybe he was I mean maybe he was like, you know, reaching into his lunch bag and picked up a banana. I'll use this phone. <laughs> no, that's a banana. I know, I will use the real phone. <laughs> I'm just getting you back for that earlier thing about Mr. Kim. <laughs> uh, so then once again the head of NASA here, he calls him up and gives him the report and head of NASA says, "Wow, all that just happened?" asked Bud. "I just left you 5 minutes ago." Man, <laughs> there's all kind of stuff happening today. <laughs> You are the head of NASA, sir. Yeah, right. A guy went through his windshield with his assistant. Like, <laughs> uh, but so yeah, what happened is that they saw some flashes of light along the path of the meteor, but they determined they can't see the meteor anymore. But then they're like, oh, the meteor would have had to like double its its rate of speed if those lights were along the course of it. So they're they're suspicious that like maybe it's it's you know something is happening or someone is moving it or something like that. But um. When he calls the head of NASA, Bud, he offers him the second job. So I guess the chapter title was accurate. But he says, um, for whatever reason, he's keeping this a secret until now. He says, we need a first science officer and navigator and also an astronomer for USS Lunar Base 1. The pay is excellent. You would have the rank of captain. So uh, for whatever reason, he's doing uh, two separate things. It must be an HR procedure or something. Um, right. But yeah. then, he, then he all of a sudden lapses into like a... Uh, you know, the, the, the guy, the evil, you know, general from Avatar or like uh, Patton, some cigar chomping crew cut guy. 
you want to read that part? Uh, I don't have that. I have. Uh, the, I, I, I'll read the the very end of the chapter. It's a okay. masterpiece. But it, so go it ahead. Says, it doesn't get any rawer than this. It takes a special kind of man to do something like this. But if you have the stones, we've got the job for you. <laughs> so he, he goes from you know just the bumbling uh, there he is to uh, all of a sudden to that. <laughs> yeah. So he gets the uh, job offer of his life from the you know they'll eat your eyes like jujubes. Right. We're not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> and uh, our hero responds. I've always wanted to do something like this. <laughs> I was offered this a couple of years ago, but I turned it down. I didn't think it was for me. <laughs> what? <laughs> However, I never in a thousand years thought I would ever do it for real. <laughs> That's because aye, you aye, turned aye, it aye, down. Aye. And then, uh, then he says, well, think it over, Mr. Braymar. The guy was just saying he would never in a thousand years thought he could do something like that. <laughs> Why don't you just close the damn deal? It is just a master class. Four different sentences. They all contradict each other. He's always oh, wanted yeah. to do this. He was offered it a couple of years ago, but turned it down because he didn't think it was for him. But he never in a thousand years thought he would ever do it for real, even <laughs> though he had been offered. This is the second time he's being <laughs> offered the job. You know, a beautiful, you know, woman is like, you know, I'd really like to uh, go on a date with you, you know. Then, you know, a day later, I'd really like to do it again. I never thought this would happen to me. <laughs> well, remember, this is the man who was bored with his UFO research. So True. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's got a lot to think about. Uh, but that's the end of, I hope that's the end of chapter four. Now I have to reach for my uh, actual hard copy to make sure it is. Oh, yeah, that is the end of chapter four, essentially. Uh, chapter five. The big one picks up after that. But uh, I think we should probably do some fan fiction before that. Okay, now I bet they because my flow switching trying to tell me what to write I bought some fan fiction can't they just be happy I no longer have to face eviction that I'm living on my life I'm living on my inner well this one's gonna be tough right out of the gate I assume yeah I think that this one his, is uh his style is very uh unique and uh copyable <laughs> yes, imitable exactly. as they say right it's a uh you you wouldn't be surprised by uh by whatever he might throw at you in the uh, other two-thirds of this book so We'll see how you do. All right. So, number one. Anyway, so, but by the way, if this is your first time listening, this is our signature segment, Real or Fanfic. We are going to read five segments of either Moon People from later in the book or from fanfic that our listeners uh, have created on their own. And Mike is going to try to guess which one is which. And I, uh, I forget what we should have tallied at the end of... Uh... The last one. Shadow Moon? Shadow Moon. Uh, yeah, um, someone has sent me a brother. Uh, I don't know if he's updated it since then, but someone has been keeping track of the of the batting averages. Um, okay. If you are listening, uh, sir, send those in, please. Otherwise, you might have already done it. I will see what that last document was. But uh, essentially, they are they have been a close to 50% hit rate, so we're, we're throwing darts blindfolded. Although Shadow Moon, I feel like, was easier. I feel um, like... Yeah, well, we'll see. Let's, yeah. let's find out. All right, so number one. I'm just going to say, I'm going to, I'm going to read to you the way they are written. So, okay. <laughs> parentheses, David. Does Zeus too do the same things? Parentheses, Lieutenant Kraft. Yes, like the Zeus you used before, but the Zeus two is a more advanced version of the Zeus program we use on Lunar Base One. Lunar Base Two does not have Zeus two yet, and so Lunar Base Two uses Zeus. Parentheses, David. Can I try Zeus two? Parentheses, Lieutenant Kraft. Of course, he said as he put on a friendly grin. Parentheses, David. Zeus two. What is the time? Zeus 2 answered that it is 3 o'clock. David. 
well, yeah, hard out of the gate. Yeah. It obviously could be nicely, nice and dryly done. Uh, I'm going to say maybe the, the smile that he put on his face was maybe a little on the nose. So I'm going to say that's fanfic. Okay. Uh, number two, I need to know how many casualties they have. Also, get me a status report on our ship section, Lieutenant, parentheses, Lieutenant Courtney. Yes, sir. Suddenly, there was a massive explosion on the Galumpa. It looked like the Archons blew away a quarter section of the Galumpa. It started to drift, and the Galumpa stopped using its weapons. The other Archon ships just kept slamming the Galumpa with a barrage of their weapons. It looked like the end of the Galumpa. (laughs) (laughs) What the hell is a Galumpa? (laughs) Oompa Loompa. Um... Well, I don't know, man. Do I bite on Galumpa? Uh, I gotta say it's real. Okay. Uh, number three. Did you see me up there, Sheral? Parentheses, Sheral. Yes, David. You were on all the networks. You were on the radio, the TV, and the Zeus. We watched the whole thing on the Zeus here in the restaurant on Earth. Parentheses, David. Wow! You watched the whole thing on the Zeus here on the restaurant on Earth? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's it. <laughs> yep, that's it. Uh, I'm gonna say that's fanfic. <laughs> all right, what's uh, number four? On one side of the table, there was Admiral Benson and Commander Tice, then Captain Bramer, Doctor King, and two of our biggest security officers. We had on the other side Captain Tud Moke and his men. Then the admiral said, "This is such a great honor for us at this historical meeting. We are sorry if you don't like our food." We didn't really know what to serve, so we put a little bit of everything out. If you have any questions, just ask. We hope you like it. Captain Tudmoke then said, Thank you, Admiral, for your extra consideration. We eat about the same things you do. We have been watching your television for about 50 of your years. A lot of our little animals are similar to yours. We are like you in many ways. For instance, some of us eat some meats, and some of us don't. (laughs) (laughs) Tudmoke? T U D M O K E. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, well, let's see. Uh, Jake Tudmoke, I think, w- came in, got a silver medal in the 76 <laughs> sure. Olympics. Ah, the theme emerges. Um, um, ah, that's just pure speculation about these upcoming moon people. So uh, I'm going to say it's fanfic. Okay. And the final one. He went to sleep that he went right to sleep that night because he was so tired from making love with Sheral all night. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't even thinking about the shuttle launch until the next morning. But when he woke up Monday morning and put on his new captain's uniform and he looked in the mirror and realized what he was doing. Then they helped him put on his flight suit and got in the shuttle. He was terrified almost at the point of shock. All he kept saying was, what did I get myself into? He also kept asking his shuttle captain, Captain Briggs, is everything all right? All the way up to 0855, and Captain Briggs just kept saying, all systems are a go. David looked over at Admiral Benson, and he looked as cool cool as a cucumber. Then he couldn't say a word the rest of the launch. There was a liftoff. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, (laughs) 3, 2, 1, ignition full thrust. David griped the launch chair with a grip of steel. Then, as the shuttle started sounding like thunder and a lot of vibration, Captain Briggs said, Happy Halloween, NASA, and we started to move upward. It was looking like a perfect launch. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, as much as I hope it's a uh, 
the Uncle Dale no moment. <laughs> and I'm going to say that that's fanfic. All right. All right. Um, so let's just recap. Number one. That was, uh, does Zeus 2 do the same thing? Of course, Zeus 2 answered his 3 o'clock. You said fanfic. That is fanfic written by Patrick. Whew. Okay. Okay. Number two. That was the uh, Galumpa. The Galumpa. It looked like the end of the Galumpa. You said real. That is real from later in the book. Oh, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you... <laughs> you're probably too distracted by the Galumpa, but did you notice that the uh, guy giving the update is Lieutenant Courtney? Uh, wait, who's that? Well, Dale M. Courtney. Uh, oh, no. Oh, God. <laughs> Self-insert. Wow. Uh, number three. Number three is we watched the whole thing on the Zeus here in the restaurant on Earth. You said that was fanfic. That is fanfic written by Chris. Woo! I guess that little might have... Uh, I know, it's... Yeah, yeah. How did that tip its hand? I don't, I don't know. All right, your instincts. Number four. Number four was the meeting with Captain Tudmoke, where uh, we are like you in many ways. For instance, some of us eat some meats and some of us don't. You said fanfic. That is real from later in the book. Oh, my God. <laughs> Captain Tudmoke is one of the... Uh, what are they called? Pralines? Uh, <laughs> Pralines, I think. Pralines, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so we have that to look forward to. Number five, he went right to sleep because he was so tired from making love with Sheral. Nine, five, eight, nine, and the whole countdown, griping the launch chair with the grip of steel. You said fanfic. That is real, my friend. What? (laughs) (laughs) I just went looking for that, and I know that was a long one, but that is just so jammed-packed of utter nonsense. What? Happy Halloween, NASA. (laughs) (laughs) So he goes, he has a date? The, the date he closes the deal? <laughs> it's these, he says, uh, you know, we, we haven't talked much over the many five or six years I've been coming in here ordering the 222, but we want to go to, and keep in mind, we're about to learn where he's going to take her on that date oh, when he gets spectacular. so busy, so tired from the uh, lovemaking that he is, wow. uh, that's after, yeah, so, oh, uh, you know, my God. I love this book is all I have to say. Wow. Well, I'm I'm thrilled. Yeah, it's uh, a lot to look forward to. So, Mrs. Mrs. Courtney (laughs) takes uh, half an hour, reads this book, and goes, "Um, Dale." uh." David's uh, honking the horn uh, with the uh, waving the red lobster gift certificates in the uh, out in the driveway. Oh boy! All right. (laughs) <laughs> nothing like a lobster fist to get the motor running man uh, i i thought i had it uh i was looking good for the first first couple there. yeah we, we got a we got a couple other fanfics sent in but i i i, I just went looking in the uh, in the book and you know i pretty much scrolled just randomly looked at the page and was like yeah that'll work <laughs> wow so uh, delightful but uh chapter five the big one picks up mid-conversation from the last chapter with the uh job offer essentially Yes, uh, and this this has a one of the more curious lines where I puzzled over this and I cannot find the solution, so I ask uh I ask the listeners to help me out here. Okay. Um uh he's talking to Kim. He couldn't he couldn't believe it either, Kim. He also offered me the position of first science officer aboard the Lunar Base One. Wow, that is cool, said Kim. What did you tell him? Oh, sorry, let me skip down. Hey, maybe we shouldn't tell anyone about this at all this yet, okay? Gauche, replied Kim. <laughs> what yeah, in the got... name of hell does that mean? So I have a theory. Yeah. Oh, do you? Yeah. So this whole exchange, you know, he says he gets offered the thing. 
wow, that is cool. So it's very Rod uh, from Birdemic, you know, closing the big fish sure. exchange. Uh, Gauche, I came back to it. Like I read four more pages and I was like, you know what? That ha-, He says, we, we shouldn't tell anyone about this yet. Ghost replied, Kim, I think it's gotcha. I think it is oh a, my somehow it is a gotcha. I mean, right? Because that's, that's all he, I mean, he's replying like, sure, I understand. Like I'm on board, gotcha. And whatever system he's using to, is it handwriting recognition, vocal text to speech or a speech to text, uh, interpreted gotcha as gauche. G- wow. Like, that- like a, like a, a fashion faux pas, like G-A-U-C-H-E if you're not reading along. Like yes, the French word for left, gauche. So, um, well, that's yeah, that's a good theory. I had thought it was maybe uh, gosh, like he misspelled huh. gosh. Yep. Or yeah, I couldn't. Or <laughs> I, and then I thought, did he actually mean like that's you know that's gauche to do that? Yeah. You know that's but that obviously makes <laughs> that makes no sense. But again, this is Dale M. Courtney, so right. I, I don't know. Yeah, All right. and were, well, yours is the uh, leading theory, I think. The, uh, the chapter started with Bud saying, keep me informed, could yeah. Yeah, that, y- that comes well, back a lot. Y-E-H-A. I was like, is he, is he Irish? Like, could ye? <laughs> like, right. but, I, but I think he meant, also meant to say, would ya? Like, would, keep me, like, right? I don't know. Anyway. I, yeah, there, he just There's something no. going on here. There's something... You know, maybe he was uh, learning Dvorak keyboard or something, and this is what resulted in all these... <laughs> Uh, yeah. So, all right. Well, the mystery of gauche might be solved. If there's any competing theories, I'd love to hear them. Yeah. Um, you got the, uh, another, another one of my favorite sentences in all of literature. So I'm just going to read it as presented. Mm -hmm. Suddenly the phone rings its bud. Um, and uh, Bud wants an update on flashes, the flashes they're seeing, and also whether he's accepted the job. He needs to know in two days because that's when the shuttle is launching to go up there. I mean, earlier we were told there were shuttle launches like three in a past week, so um, it seems like they're going up there regularly. But for whatever reason, uh, uh, David needs to be on this one that's leaving in two days. Yes, um, but then we get to one of my favorite themes in the final chapters of our reading here. Sandwich making and eating. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, When he got there, okay, uh, all right, I'll see you in the morning. That's the end of a conversation. No indication that there's no more talking. David went ahead and left and went to his house in New Smyrna Beach. (laughs) Uh, An A-plus place name, by the way. I'm sure it's lovely, but it is a funny place name. (laughs) (laughs) When he got there, he made himself a sandwich sat down, and told his computer to turn on his TV. (laughs) Um, The sandwich, that's just the introduction of the sandwich. Yes. Um, Because uh, uh, he he starts to, his inner monologue, I'm sure you have notes on his inner monologue. Oh, yeah, it's fantastic. It's it's amazing. Why don't you go ahead? I wonder if I could just pick up and go. Man, being a captain on a base station would be really cool. There is a 10-year commitment, though. Boy, that's a long time. All of my students would probably think that it would be cool to have their teacher on a base station. Imagine the imagine the utter indifference that you and your classmates would have ever had if one of your teachers was like, I'm going to go to a uh, I'm going to leave for 10 years to go on a you know base station like he's never met a high schooler. But I guess you said, uh, you know, these are like Andy Rooney or sorry, Mickey Rooney. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> God damn it. 
<laughs> Damn it. Oh, begin the memes. The memes. Begin God. the memes. Edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> no, obviously that uh, stays in. But yeah, so I guess they they are gee whiz, so they might think it is pretty cool to have a teacher, you know, leaving. <laughs> but uh, there's well-established bases up there that everyone points at and laughs because they look like toilet paper tubes already, <laughs> true. right? True. So I when you so. say, like, I'm leaving for the base station, someone will go, yeah, six of my cousins are up there already. Right. I, I assume, he, right? I mean, every, yeah. there's there's colonies up there. Yeah, people live up there and are, are you know exploit you know you're you're gonna have you're gonna need to repopulate your base station as you travel to Pluto over the course of a hundred years. So there's probably thousands of people. Um, but also, you know, hey kids, don't you? I told you I'm I'm going up to the base station one. You don't do you, don't you think that's cool? We're gonna die in 180 days. Right. The asteroid's <laughs> gonna hit our sun and everyone is dying in panics. Like, no, we don't think it's cool. You <laughs> son of a bitch. We're you're staying. You're what? <laughs> yeah, our family is huddling together and you know we're we're saying prayers and we're, yeah, con- we're reconnecting with the, yeah uh but the the inner monologue which is you know obviously this is supposed to be you know like hamlet or something contemplating life itself and what he's going to do with his life his inner monologue ends with you know i think i'll eat my sandwich and go to class and get a few things together <laughs> so <laughs> you know wither man who who are we what is my purpose in life <laughs> yeah, i think i'll eat my sandwich and go to class so he made the sandwich sat down told the thing to turn on his tv and then it sort of he's he has his sandwich in his in both hands you know about to raise to his mouth and then it sort of zooms up to show his homer simpson inside of his brain as he just sits there holding the sandwich and then it, <laughs> it ends with him thinking i, I think i'll eat this and then <laughs> well now look he thought he ate was going to eat a sandwich right yeah, but that's no guarantee, and so an audience is left hanging there. So luckily, he takes care of that. David ate his sandwich and went back to school. <laughs> so thank you for filling in that detail. We were worried. Yeah, um, I think this is part of his internal monologue. Maybe he's saying it to a student, but he says, "I do love space and everything in it. I always have." <laughs> <laughs> he's a big dark matter fan. I yeah, know. right. Yeah. Um, but uh, then he uh, then he goes to Sheryl's restaurant, and evidently, I mean, it just it it struck me. That, I mean, a lot has happened, but it's still the same day as this started on. You know, with the uh, with the uh, the panic and uh, Steve Sanders or whatever announcing that the uh, meteor is coming. Um, but he says to Sheryl, "You're not going to believe what all happened to me yesterday." Oh, what happened? Well, yesterday NASA called me and needed me to help with the meteor, so I took the job. Then they went ahead and offered me another job on the USS Lunar Base 1 as the first science officer. So you you guess Cheryl's response as someone has just told you that they've um, been upgraded from high school astronomy teacher to NASA astronomer and then that they are going into space for 10 years. Oh, my reaction would be like, but you're the, the loser guy who drives this Chevy Lumina in here with the broken door handles and you've got a bungee strap on the back of it. And you wear black socks with your Birkenstocks, and you have a crappy mustache. Wow, are you repulsed. going to take it? <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't even miss a beat. There's not. <laughs> yeah. I have a lot of questions about what happened since I made your last two twenty-two. <laughs> uh, and that's. Uh, I think that's where that chapter ends. It's another one that ends uh, midway through a uh, a sentence or a conversation. Uh, so wait, though he goes. He goes back to school after everyone has left and fires up the 
Zeus, right? Okay. Uh, yeah, I didn't take any notes on that. I think that's what the timeline is. And then he goes and stops at Sheral's, and she says, do you want your regular 222? You bet, said David. So, oh, so he ate it. a sandwich, went to school, drove back oh. <laughs> in the evening, and ate a breakfast. <laughs> right, whatever that might be. Okay. Great. Um, well, yeah, so yeah, he, then, he, then he gets, yeah, because in the next, my next note of the first chapter, his, he grabbed the paper and ate his breakfast. Okay, wow. so. Uh, so I guess there was time. I guess there was, because he does say yesterday they called me. So he might have eaten a sandwich, gone to school, come back home, and went to bed. Um, but, you know, there's no real reason to, uh, I don't think he's trying to pull a, a Christopher Nolan time on us here. I oh, think he's there just, is. I'm sorry. There's a one short sentence transition to this whole madness. So, he, yeah, he covered his bases. He's a good writer. I take everything back. Sorry. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So the next chapter, six, the crew uh, starts with uh, David uh, grabbed the paper and ate his breakfast. It didn't take long before they were ready, before he was ready to go. He told Sheral he would see her tomorrow night at seven and they would go out and eat somewhere. Sheral had a big smile on her face and said, that sounds great. So a big smile, but not sexy, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate. Yeah. She can uh, de-sex it at will, I guess. <laughs> she has that power um there's something another theme that emerges is the length of time to prepare and eat his breakfast okay it is important that that be short for some reason he always talks about it didn't take long before his breakfast was ready to go he ate it quickly uh, that that comes up again and again right so he's just <laughs> wolfing down 222s and she is just loving this man. Yes, yeah. The uh, big sexy smiles as he's, you know, <laughs> greasy eggs are spilling on his on his lap and stuff. Um, and so now we get the curious Halloween thing again. The only thing I do not like about everything is that my shuttle goes off on October 31st, which is Halloween. As he's talking to Kim, his assistant. Yeah. Kim smiled some and said, <laughs> you know, you're right. Wrong. You're, yeah. of course. I never thought of that. I think that would bother me, too. No, no, it wouldn't. Uh, yeah, it's no. Unless you're it's, one of those, you know, per, you know, if if you were planning a big group costume with people and realized you were going to have to drop out of your role as like, uh, um, you know, uh, Stitch from the Disney universe or something, and so or you let everyone down. You're a, like a druid reenactor or something, and you, you're or you're deep into uh, you know neo paganism or something, and you're all going to meet at a. I don't know. What? <laughs> right. There is no reason to be bothered. The only um, thing we sometimes we think about, like, oh, Halloween is on Thursday. Are we going to get any people? No, nah, we won't. I mean, it changes nothing about your life. There's yes, nothing. It's, it's very peculiar. Yeah, because, you know, again, there's a there's a horror movie series called Halloween and one called Friday the 13th. And he might have just, like, got them confused because no one associates Halloween with axe murders. And in many in many cities, the night before is the one where they do all the mischief. Oh right, yeah, yeah. But uh, uh, yeah, so that's where I that's where I first realized that the Kindle doesn't use the parentheses nonsense. But um, this is a uh, this is Kim showing him the uh, layout of the space station that he's going to be living on. So he's mm-hmm. decided to accept this job without knowing any of this. It actually it is actually a pretty elaborate space station. It has everything on board that a small city has, including a couple of bars on board. Kim skips right to that, hmm. and also a couple of shopping malls, a basketball court. There is even a small farm on board. You have everything that you need. David's response? 
cool, I will check this out. <laughs> <laughs> so, so his response is uh, you getting a long email from uh, someone in your HR department. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, yeah, and using Google's auto response. Cool, I'll, I'll check this out. Yeah, thanks. I'm just I'm thinking back on the last vacation I took, where I was like looking into you know what hotel to stay at for a couple nights, and you know, you TripAdvisor always has reviews from people who had fine experiences and people who had the worst experience of your life. So I, you know, I I looked at this for over an hour before I made a choice, and he's just decided to go up to uh, ten years on a space station and, and didn't even know there was a basketball court. Right. Well, he does he does some due diligence. He does look at it himself. And there are some other things it have has. Uh, it did have everything a city has, including a full-size hospital and staff. <laughs> it also has a full-size observatory, which I cannot wait to take a look at. I will bet it is nicer than anything I am used to. <laughs> so he... He has Zeus, which has a high-definition 80-inch screen. Like, what, right. what's the upgrade? What is he right. getting out of it? It is the latest telescope, we were told multiple times. And what if someone told you, like, hey, uh, I, I'm, I, I broke my leg. I got to go to the hospital. You'd be like, whoa, whoa, you know, is it a full-size hospital? Like, just, <laughs> that's not a thing. It doesn't exist. Like, what? <laughs> one of those mini hospitals that they, they put in what used to be a radio shack or something? Like a... Uh, there's a standard size for hospitals, and uh, yeah, all of them fall short of the one that's on the lunar base. Um, and he's also uh, very impressed by this. You can tell. You can tell how excited he is. Hey, look! Here, these ships even have weapons. We got a laser and missiles and rockets. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's probably uh, that's going to be uh, Chekhov's laser missiles and rockets. But uh, probably just he felt the need to say that, even though I think that was in the uh, in the prologue. Well, I'll I'll keep uh, I'll keep reading on that. It was my dumb sentence where I cheated. I put together a few sentences. She is also very nicely decorated and very classy looking too. Look here, this baby has got five shuttles, also armed with lasers and rockets. <laughs> All of a sudden, the phone rings. Ah, <laughs> uh, he's he's a child. Yeah. But the phone rings and they don't tell you who it is in the same sentence. That's garbage. <laughs> uh, but the, so the, the call is from Admiral Benson, uh, who we've just met. But I guess he's a super in charge. He says, welcome aboard. The last shuttle takes off at 0900 on Monday morning. By the way, did you realize that Monday was Halloween? <laughs> yes, sir. I know. It does bother me a bit. <laughs> so these are the guys, you know, in one sentence, they're like, if you have the stones for this, you can, you know, if you can keep your lunch down, you'll be able to. And then he's like, but but it is Halloween. So I keep nervous. There might be a uh, there might be a teenager in a uh, Tom Brady jersey that uh, throws an egg at your door. So. Right. <laughs> and then once again, the lax screening, though. Are you sure you want to go? Oh, yes, sir. I made up my mind. There's no turning back now. OK, then welcome aboard. <laughs> are you are you physically like we haven't we we saw your uh you know yearbook photo where you were with drama class and they had uh you know smeared you with uh makeup and put you in a dress um <laughs> are, are you in decent shape i mean right you, yeah yeah because you, you know you 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 know the astronauts are i think known for like being in uh that neil armstrong movie they had him in those centrifuges like barfing in those and like you know uh, underwater training, but they say, uh, you're going to have to be here a good 24 hours earlier for launch preparations and a quick health checkup. 
<laughs> you know, so, so, you know, they, they're going to make sure about that, whether he can, you know, do the vigorous anti-G uh, uh, hold up, but also being like, and we'll make sure you don't have cancer or anything like that. Right, right. And and also he says uh, it's at 900. So he's going to do the, the health check then and everything then. But he says, uh, well, then I'll see you around 0900 Sunday for launch preparations, said Admiral Benson. <laughs> so, you know, it's a loose, you know, we're not really uptight here in the military. Whenever you can get, you know, yeah, see you around 0900. Yeah, yeah, 9-ish, 0900-ish. That's a little early for me, Admiral. Is it okay if I drift in at 930? Of course, of yeah, course. Yeah, I was just, you know, I wasn't going to be there either. Right? <laughs> but honest to God, this place will tear you in two, you little pink tender baby. <laughs> I'll see you around, around 0900, give or take. Right. But he does, uh, he does lapse back into that with... Uh, don't worry, I'll be there right alongside of you. That's my flight, too. Great. The truth about it is, I'm a little scared of that shuttle launch to the base station, especially on Halloween. But I think I will be all right after that. Good, Captain Bramer, because you and I are going on one hell of a ride Monday morning. Trick or treat. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is utterly bizarre. I mean, may, you know, hey, fool, fool us if uh, it does come up to have some significance, like, but... Uh, you know, I think we should all end up going as Paulines for Halloween uh, this year, based on the yeah, strong connection. This uh, is, I mean, maybe the movie version will be a uh, the next uh, Night Before Christmas, uh, the next Halloween classic. Oh yeah, played every year. Um, the, he says at the end of that, "I'll show you wonders you always dreamed about." His response: "That's pretty cool, sir. I can't wait." <laughs> so, okay, goodbye. David hung up the phone. Wow! Well, I always appreciate the extra attention to detail. There. Yes. Well, we we know in in movies where they don't say goodbye or anything, we always uh, we always call them out on that. So, right. I like I like this. I had sort of I had just made a, a I guess baseless assumption that Kim Moon might have been like Korean, just because those are both uh, like Korean yeah. family names. But uh, Kim was watching David and walked over and said. What's a matter, you having second thoughts? <laughs> so I, I guess he's an Italian, like he's, uh, you know, the old school, old country uh, Italian. It's written he, right there. He uh, sort of leaned back and he held the uh, pizza pie out in front of him and he yes. kind of did that rocking back and forth walk and said, oh, What's a matter, you? Um, their conversation had a uh, just a, a truly amazing exchange. I, can't, I just can't believe how fast everything is, go everything in going in my life. Yeah, I know what you mean. It isn't every day you leave Earth and go out into space. <laughs> <laughs> and then, as a parenthetical, uh, oh, you know, a bud offered that other assistant science officer job on Lunar Base 1 to me. <laughs> this is Kim. So, oh, hey, that's great. Are you going to take it? I don't know. I'm sure thinking about it. I, I don't just... know. I'm still thinking about it. <laughs> oh, I got to work the oven every day. I make the pasta by hand. <laughs> but he says, I'm thinking about it. I just might. The pay is great. So once again, they can't even provide us with the, uh, you know, $200 million figure. They, I, they, they say the pay is great, but they have not heard. So like there are rumors that the pay is great is right. all you can really say. <laughs> uh, uh, that but yeah. leads into chapter seven. The final chapter of this week. Yeah. So chapter seven is fate steps in. Um, I think this also resumes with their, uh, with their own, uh, their same conversation, David and Kim are talking. He's like, I guess I'm ready for a little excitement in my life before I get old and die. Replied David, <laughs> you only live once, you know? Yeah, I know what you mean. So both of them are talking about going into space for 10 years, but it sounds like they're like debating, like, you know, should we 
you know, spring for uh, the, uh, the the blue cheese topper on our on our ribeye. It's five dollars extra. Hey, man, you only live once. Like, yeah, uh, I'm not going to die without trying this steak. I, I, maybe I won't finish the whole thing, but uh, yeah, yeah. Or just, also, like, he's by 45. The wheel. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Pretty grim. A little excitement in my life before I get old. You were a UFO researcher for the government. <laughs> you were too bored by it, right? Um, uh, but Kim, one of his reasons uh, for sort of tilting him towards going is I only have my father to look after. He can take care of himself. He don't really need me. <laughs> well, then why are you looking after him? Yet again, there's so many sentences that you read that just you have to do the I, I, I after. <laughs> <laughs> ah, bizarre. Uh, he says, I'm only doing this because I know I will never get another chance as good as this one that pays so well with the rank of captain. You know, I feel like I've been given a second chance in life or lived two different lives in two different dimensions. He will never get another chance as good as this one, even though he has literally been offered the job before. Like, he's the most in-demand guy for this job that's ever existed. And then, yeah, I'll just read that second part again. You know, I feel like I've been given a second chance in life or lived two different lives in two different dimensions. I don't know what to... I don't know what to make of that. I don't know. Yeah. Um, So... Once more, we have sandwich eating. Yes. Uh, David went home the whole. David went home the whole time. He looked like he was in a trance or a state of euphoria. Oh, okay. <laughs> Are those yeah. very similar? I don't know. At least he's not in a state of panic like every other driver. When he got home, he ate a quick sandwich <laughs> and went to bed. <laughs> he slept like a baby, and then uh, Bud calls him. And uh, we get the same kind of conversation. Good morning. How's it going? Oh, pretty good. Is everything still on? <laughs> you bet, replied Bud. <laughs> so what he tells him what to prepare, and he says, you might want to say goodbye to your friends or pack all your stuff you want to take with you. Mm-hmm. So it's a one or the other choice. Yes. But in yeah. addition, just bring it with you Sunday morning when you come for lunch. <laughs> so <laughs> pack all your stuff with you. Or say goodbye to people, one or the other, but bring all your stuff with you. <laughs> right. It's a, uh, it would be a uh, early uh, computer programming language that would cause a, a, a loop meltdown in your computer science class. <laughs> but like, yeah, so I mean, you know, do, do top uh, NASA scientists need to be told to pack the stuff they want to bring with them? I, I don't know. I guess some of them are a little uh, on their own wavelength type of thing. So. But also all your stuff. So is, it, is he bringing like a pod with him? In bikes and you know, lawn equipment. I mean, right. what? Yeah. Bring all right. your stuff. There's no rules about what I can bring. <laughs> yeah, his rowing machine. Um, um, his scuba gear, his uh, fishing equipment. <laughs> I, but then, so he says, don't come in today. It's Saturday. I'll see you tomorrow on Sunday. And then David hung up the phone and got dressed. Well, I guess I will go eat some breakfast, go to the school and say goodbye to everybody. Who the hell is going to be at the school on Saturday? <laughs> I don't know what is going on here. <laughs> this is where I had to say, and, and we've already alluded to this, this ends spectacularly, but this paragraph, are we sure this isn't a put-on? We wow. sure this is not a, a fake? David sat down in his usual seat, and Carol came, Carol came out when she, when she seen David come in. <laughs> Hey, stranger, how's it going? I've been keeping an eye out looking for you this morning. Are we still on for supper tonight? David answered, you bet. I've had nothing else on my mind since we talked about it. In, in this 
time period between when they talked about going to dinner, he's going to the moon. <laughs> but <he's, laughs> this is the only thing that's been on his mind. Anyway, I thought we might eat at Red Lobster in Daytona. Uh, perfect. Are we perfect. sure this is a real human it's being? Just, it's truly perfect. <laughs> and then he says, and then he says, I thought we might eat at Red Lobster in Daytona. Wait, I don't even know if you like seafood. Don't worry, I love seafood and I love Red Lobster. They have great food there. I haven't <laughs> eaten there in about a year. This is going to be great. <laughs> uh, it's uh, very hard to believe, but I mean, by all accounts, this is a human being. It is, and a human being who, uh, I mean, Red, Red Lobster to them is the pinnacle of dining. And I guess it is. I mean, you still see ads, you know, there's all you can eat shrimp and stuff. Like, people must be going in there. Um, it's been a long time for me, but. Um, I t- well, I told you about when I moved years ago to San Diego, and I met a guy. Um, I try to keep his uh, try to keep it anonymous. Okay. Who uh, who just said, "Hey, you're new to town. My family was not in yet. I was out in advance." And he said, "I'll take you uh, to a San Diego restaurant." Uh, oh, awesome! You know, there's obviously <laughs> George's there's, at the Cove. Yeah, there's like sushi. There's Donovan's. Uh, yeah. There's Mexican food everywhere. There's Japanese food. There's Korean restaurants. Uh, we drive a long way, uh, <laughs> and we go to El Torito, uh, which is a, <laughs> yes, a chain, on the border type of <laughs> a chain Mexican restaurant of the uh, flair. It's flair variety. A, yeah, it's okay. But I was just shocked. Like I thought he was. I got out of the car and I was like, <laughs> ah, very funny. Like ah, I love this place. They know me here. You know, like, no. <laughs> You can uh, you can you can expand upon this guy just a little bit, can't you? <laughs> this was not like a guy from uh, you know the uh, next door neighbor or the uh, church or something. I guess I could expand. <laughs> no, I can't. I can't. Okay. We'll leave um, it there. Anyway. So uh, the uh, so they they kudos to the person on the uh, three seventy two Facebook group who uh, looked up the two red lobsters in Daytona. Uh, there <laughs> there is one they said that has a ocean view and one that has a just a view of the uh, of the highway leading up to it. And so they speculated that he's the kind of guy he's not springing for the uh, for the slightly higher prices at the ocean view one. He's uh, he's going to the strip mall one. Oh yeah, and uh, she hadn't been there for a year. Um, so yeah, it was definitely the, the strip mall. Um, uh, but she says, do you want the usual two, two, two? I would love the two, two, two. Thank you. And, uh, I, I, I assume it comes out quick, but he noticed his breakfast was perfect looking. Then he said, this breakfast looks good. Thank you. Sheral had a big smile and said, anytime David went at it. (laughs) (laughs) So he's like a uh, cookie monster, I'm guessing, just sort of the way he shovels it all in as uh, Cheryl smiles sexily. You mostly saw, yeah, the bits and pieces sort of flying up into the air, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And that continues on. When he was almost done with his breakfast, period, Cheryl came out and sat down with David. David said, this breakfast was delicious. Thank you very much. I'm glad you liked it. (laughs) That was was another thing I read. You order it every day. You had better (laughs) damn well like it. So on some days, it must be subpar. Uh, I think it's implying that she likes him so much that she made an especially good 222. Right, yeah. Just to sort of set the stage for their romantic uh, uh, post-Cheddar Bay Biscuit encounter. Right. God, I can't wait. (laughs) Um, 
But then uh, it, it sort of uh, wraps up, but it wraps up with a you know a, a fantastic uh, patented DMC way. Unless you got anything else? No, I don't. Just that, uh, yeah, I have one more thing, but it's small. Okay. Go ahead. Did you make up your mind about the base station job? Yes, I did. I'm going to do it. But what I didn't know was that I'm going to go so quick. How quick? Sheral asked. I have to show up at 0900 Sunday morning. I like that he he uses military speak to her for that. 0900 Sunday morning for flight preparations and a quick health checkup. Then we launch Monday morning on Halloween at 0900. Wow, that is quick. End of <laughs> end of chapter. <laughs> I mean, just from her perspective, like I mean, I guess you could uh, you could do you know go on a date with this guy, but you know clearly there's there's no future in this matter for her. Like um, she's just going for the. Uh, the the free shrimp and the uh, and the romp afterwards. Well, and plus, I mean, she's right near NASA. There, I mean, there are other fish in the sea, for God's sake. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not like she's, you know, she's not like working the uh, the diner by the uh, by the coal mine where you just get these, uh, you know, soot faced guys coming every day. She's got PhDs uh, tra- tra- trailing in every day. Right, and she, and in addition, she's got Top Gun dudes coming in. You know. Guys who oh. look like young Scott Glenn, just you know, just ripped and uh, lean and just physical Chopping specimens. their teeth at her. Scott yeah. Glenn? Yes. Uh, Scott Glenn is the guy who played, um, not Neil Armstrong. Who did he play? Oh, He's yeah, an actor. You, you know, mm, anyway. So you did just, you did give John Glenn the wrong name? I did not give John Glenn the wrong name. Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, no. I mean, John Glenn... Yeah, yeah. When he was young, I guess. But uh, (laughs) Scott Glenn is, you know, more like a chiseled jaw, tall, lean actor guy. So all right, all right. Well, yeah, that 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 wraps up the first tremendous first seven chapters of Moon People. It did not disappoint in any way, and it exceeded expectations. I would say. Holy cow! Yeah, this is amazing, and the mystery of the different versions of it is is. Man, it only adds to the magic for me. Yeah, that's a well. That's another Armada comparison. Then remember that had the. the uh, dodecahedron versus the decahedron in the two right, different versions. Yeah, but who's doing it and why? That's the, <laughs> I don't the puzzle. Know. I don't know. These lateral moves that in no way improve it. Should we get him on the horn and just do a, uh, do a show with him? I don't know if oh, I could pull it off, but I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, but I did. I was probably like uh, two chapters into this before I was like, I'm gonna we're gonna read the sequel to this, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, I think it's time we should do some uh, we should do some dumb sentences and some emails. Let's do dumb sentences first. A sentence begins with a capital letter. A capital letter is a letter that's big. A capital letter is not a small letter. A capital letter is big, big, big. A sentence ends with a period or an exclamation. Or no, a not in Dale M. Courtney's case. It does not <laughs> always end with a period. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. What do yeah, you What do you have? We, Tremendous turnout from everybody. Thank you for sending them in. We've probably covered a lot of these, just they're so good. But uh, well, we'll, we'll read a few of them anyway. Uh, Christopher, David smiled and said, I don't know about being the best, but I do teach astronomy in high school and have been into astrology for 20 years. Hello. Hello, NASA. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, this one is from Theodore. He says, uh, this is from the, the prologue. They also have shields that are a liquid that turns into a solid mass as hard as four inches of steel when exposed to the cold of space. And he just he, he has a lot of questions about this, but says, why do the shields work this way instead of being invisible force fields like every other spaceship shield in every other work of science fiction? <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how those are employed in the story. I bet it's masterful. Um, this one's from Alex, the 
you know, I feel like I've been giving a second chance in life or live two different lives in two different dimensions. It's uh, I didn't even pick up on the living. I mean, the giving the first time I read that, but it is a master class. Uh, Aaron, before he was a teacher, he used to work for the government for UFO research about five years ago. He didn't like that job that much because he was always bored. The construction, the grammar, the nonchalant way we're told the government research job was boring. It's perfect. Uh, this is from Paul. This is his first ever dumb sentence of the week submission. He said, it isn't every day you leave Earth and go out into space. I agree. That was one of my favorites, too. <laughs> um, this is from Joel, a Patreon supporter. He says, uh, "This I'm going to read it the way it's written, which is one of the base stations that is almost completed. He says, rare is the book that administers its own reading comprehension exam. <laughs> this is from Paige. Suddenly, everybody went ahead and ate their breakfast. And uh, she has a little explanation. I chose this because I'm also a novice writer, and I've occasionally found myself doing the same thing, to use a Kleinian phrase, uh, throwing in adjectives when I'm not sure how to start a sentence. It's frequently unnecessary and can become a crutch. Picking suddenly out of the adjectives book to describe the act of eating breakfast, though, transcends weak writing experience and goes right into never-heard-words-before territory. Genius, I'd say. That's the word she was looking for. <laughs> this is from Philip, a Patreon supporter as well. Infrared, two words, both capitalized, was showing there was large amounts of radiation all around the area. <laughs> oh, that was, I think, my other example of something's going on with his inputting process or something. Ha! You don't, you don't mix up infrared and infrared, right? Yeah. If you're looking at it. So, yeah, that's maybe another clue to uh, he's using voice input. But infrared is like nuclear, right? Or nuclear. That's just like something that people will say wrong without realizing say it wrong, but not. you don't think that it's two words and one is infer and the other is red. Right, right, right. From Janelle, the whole H-O-L-E class made a wow sound and they all said about the same time, cool. (laughs) (laughs) This one is from David, who's a uh, Patreon supporter as well. So is Janelle. Uh, David turned to Sheral with a smile and Sheral said, two, two, two. He said, you got to love the romantic dialogue. Uh, it worked. Hey, it worked. Apparently. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Amber, I've got to go to the office to get some forms. This sentence literally made me laugh out loud. It was so random. We never did to know what those forms were supposed to do. They were just a ruse, I guess. Um, uh, Land submitted, it doesn't get any rawer than this. It takes a special kind of man to do something like this. But if you got to have the stones, we've got the job for you. Uh, Dave submitted... A basketball court, so it's a uh, odd capitalization check because ball is capitalized. Splitting basketball into two words, why the hell not? I love this book so far. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Richard submitted, however, in never a thousand, I never in a thousand years thought I ever would do it for real. And he also he he wrote, uh, I believe, uh, eight question marks and eight exclamation marks, just because, as we pointed out in the previous sentence, he was offered this exact job before. <laughs> Turned uh, him down. Cold. <laughs> Joe uh, submitted, "Oh my God, this is unbelievable! I can't believe this." <laughs> Which I—that was the one that I sent to Lauren to uh, to let her know what we were doing, and she just, you know, again can't can't believe what we were in for. And last was Josh, who submitted, uh, "This is oh, uh, people in the diner." Then everyone realized who David was and what he did for a living. <laughs> Which is, that's that sort of what happened in Jaws, right? But it was after Quint said, y'all know me, know how I make my living. And right. then, everyone, then everyone realized who Quint was and what he did for a living. <laughs> he was going to kill the shark. Right. 
Um, so that's our sentences. Let me see what I've got. I think we hit every single one of mine. But uh... Well, I don't think I read this. I read part of it. So he, when he's deciding on the job with, uh, so this is cheating because it's a couple sentences, um, with the guy at NASA. This is the second job, right? He says, uh, well, you got it, sir, said David. I'll call you in the next two days or I'll be here and I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> then Bud said, all right, I'm going to go ahead and go. I have some stuff I have to get down. Wow. So. <laughs> wow. Folksy or just a sentence that uh, didn't end as the author was hoping it would as he started it? I don't know. I love that, though. I'll either call you or I'll just be here and tell <laughs> <Right>. you. <laughs> Sir, this is NASA. We have uh, yeah, yeah, much more. No, but I have that three-day pass you gave me. So, uh, uh, Mine, we, we, I think we covered them both. Suddenly the phone rings. It's Bud. And uh, I also had <laughs> David ate his sandwich and went back to school. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I hope there's some good. Uh, I hope they've got a Jimmy John's on the uh, on the base station mall food court. So, oh, yeah. Who's he going to call out there? Because it's like a whole city. So, yeah, right. there's franchises. <laughs> um, and now we have uh, have a few emails we'll get to just because people had their thoughts. We're going to the party. We're going to the game. We're going to the dinner. We're going to cruise out, man. We're stealing people's mail. All right, steal away. All right, this is a uh, we got a trifecta right off the bat from people. I think you'll sense the theme as we go on. This is from Brian. I'm currently reading Paradise Lost, which some would call a better work of literature than Moon People. <laughs> but check this out. Paradise Lost was written before punctuation marks were standardized. Milton does not use them. He instead marks the beginnings and ends of speeches with phrases like Satan began to speak and after the speech and then he stopped speaking. Compare this to Moon People, wherein the author evidently does not trust his readers to understand that a phone call is taking place without seeing firm evidence of the hello and the goodbye. You pointed that out earlier. What I'm saying here is that Dale Courtney is a lot like John Milton. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, now we have one from Lucas. I have a theory for why the writing sounds so childish. Courtney often uses what I'll call weak qualifiers. Instead of saying very bad or even just bad, a character will say sort of bad or kind of bad or pretty bad. This has the effect of making the prose feel more colloquial and wishy-washy. J.D. Salinger used this technique in Catcher in the Rye to evoke the first-person perspective of a child. However, it is odd to see it used here by an omniscient narrator. Oh, wow. So already compared to Milton and Salinger. This yep. is... Uh... And here's John. So just like Cormac McCarthy, it appears that (laughs) Dale M. Courtney doesn't believe in using quotation marks around dialogue. Fascinating. And yes, I'm comparing Dale M. Courtney's writing style to Cormac McCarthy's because I find it equally annoying in both instances. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, that's uh, that's some some heavy hitters right off the bat. Would you maybe also reach for, uh, you know, Hemingway with the sandwich eating stuff? You know, then, <laughs> yeah. then he made a sandwich, then he ate a sandwich. Kind of. <laughs> it is sort of, um, yeah, no, no extra words, except when he uses many extra words. Right. Uh, uh, so this one is from Joel. Here are a few things in the first seven chapters of Moon People about which I have questions. Why are the space stations that orbit the Earth travel to planets and never seem to go to the moon called... Lunar bases one, two, and three. <laughs> Good question. And there are evidently some moon people coming. So uh, he also says, how hard up is NASA in 2048 that they have to offer hefty salaries to high school science teachers to man their missions? Yeah, we've, we've there wasn't even a hand wave away explanation for like all the other guys got sick or something. Um, I guess one guy was in a car accident. I mean, he, um, he, he says, lived down the street. Sure. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. He I could be there by Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
And then uh, given David's usual order of the two, 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 how long is the menu, Sheral? <laughs> I guess it, it, that could be another explanation. It could be one of those places where you order by the number. Um, he does say, there is one element, however, I do not question. If I'm having one last evening out with a lady I love before I'm shot off into space for the next 10 years, there's only one destination on my list. Red Lobster. <laughs> well, it's it's going to be mine from now on. Apparently, it does the job big time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. Seal uh, the yeah. deal. <laughs> uh, Red Lobster is going to be like, notice an uptick in uh, high school proms coming here from uh, sweaty, uh, sweaty guys in rented tuxedos. Yeah. <laughs> um, Josh, Josh wrote this one. This is going to not make a lot of sense to, I'm guessing, some people, but I think you and I will enjoy it. Moon People is truly a gem. The first chapter has an amazing guy from Harlem moment in it. Oh, this following what would that section, be? The following section about a planet-killing meteor should really be read out loud by a shouting, plaid-suited gangster. So I think he's imploring <laughs> Harry Dubald. We're not sure of anything yet. What we do know is the meteor is coming from the direction of the constellation of Scorpio at the tail end. Heading this way, going approximately 60,000 miles an hour, and it is a planet killer. We repeat, please do not panic. Now we resume your regular programming. Wow, very <laughs> says, good. Not, Harry there. Yeah. We're not, <laughs> he says, we're not sure of anything yet, really. Next chapters will no doubt explain how big the meteor's muscles are and how the meteor fancies wearing big bands on his muscles. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I guess that is the uh, nobody's, nobody's ever seen him type of thing. Um, what is his greeting? Is it young lady? Yeah, good looking. Good looking. <laughs> I got two reasons a media's not going to hit the earth. One, well, it's kind of serious. It's going to hit the sun and we're all going to die in a horrible fiery crash. But uh, uh, if you, Josh, if you like a uh, guy from Harlem, we're working on another uh, movie that can't help but invite uh, comparisons to it now. I think they took place in the same filthy paneled offices and they used the same fight choreographer. Oh, boy, man. The fights. Woo. Um, what else do we got here? Uh, this one is from, uh, Tris, who is a, uh, a listener and Patreon supporter. Um, they are just caught up with the podcast. So I'm looking forward to trying my hand at writing fanfic and sending in some thoughts, dumb sentences, etc. But, uh, I've started reading moon people and I get the sense the author really knows his stuff when it comes to the secret government business and protocol. Yes. According to his bio on Amazon, he was an advisor to two U S presidents starting in 2007. Um, so since I'm a poli-sci student, this, of course, immediately piqued my interest. But because I'm a skeptical sort, I went digging on the dark web, good good instinct, mm-hmm. to see if I could find out anything more about him or his work in the White House. Unfortunately, I couldn't find anything by myself, but my inquiries were directed by a certain hacker named Dina Hope. The DDT connections yeah. remain strong. Yeah, of course. She has managed to hack her way into the White House databanks many times and was willing to share with me some top-secret correspondence <laughs> from advisor Courtney to then-President Obama. Well, I mean, we, we all remember Dina Hope committed numerous felonies and treasonous acts, so I hope this doesn't come back to bite us. But he says, I hope this uh, document proves without a shadow of a doubt the influence DLM Courtney has had on American foreign policy, which is why I'm entrusting you with it. Uh, it says, Memorandum for Barack Obama. Barack is spelled wrong. President of the United States, also commander-in-chief from Dale M. Courtney, political troubleshooter and strategist, also foreign diplomat, consultant on foreign policies, consultant on econom- economics, advisor to the president, promoter of world peace, astrologer, self-tart, chiropractor, av- avid fisherman, scuba diver. Subject, civil war in Libya. Libya spelled wrong. <laughs> Dear Mr. President, I think we should join the civil war in Libya. Now this would be good because they are nice people and their president is bad. They don't like their president and would appreciate our help. We can send them some warships with some planes on top of the warships. There is also, they are spelled wrong, a lot of oil in Libya. 
if we help the Libyans to get rid of their president, everyone will all put a smile on their face and they will give our companies their oil for a good price. Then our companies can turn their oil into fuel for our cars and factories. This will be real good for America. So, I mean, it's on official letterhead. He sent the, uh, he sent wow. the, it had like a seal and everything. So. Well, real or fanfic, I rate that as real. So, <laughs> And one last one. This is just about some math uh, because we, we, we know that this math is going to be inaccurate, but this is from Paul. In case you're interested, I did some quick calculations. The meteor is traveling at 69,000 miles an hour. Settle down, Dale. Uh, and is climbing <laughs> in speed at a rate of 1,000 miles an hour every six hours. Steve Slater also tells us it should be here in 178 days. For to assume this acceleration is linear, and of course we would, my back of a napkin calculations have it that it would be traveling at 780,000 miles an hour when it reaches us. This would also mean it is 1.815 billion miles away currently, or roughly three times the furthest Jupiter's ever far, three times the furthest Jupiter is ever away from Earth. Uh, feel free to check my calculations as I feel my brain might be irreparably damaged from tonight's reading, but it appears astronomy will make great stars in the next 28 years. He says, alternately, if Zeus is to be believed, it is 3.244 billion kilometers away, about 2 billion miles. So, um, I guess that's the, uh, the math does not hold up to scrutiny as we all expected it might not. I blame Zeus. Just give Zeus a chance to warm up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, by the time he gets back in 10 years, it's going to be re- ready to do some accurate calculations. So thanks to everyone who emailed, everyone who sent in dumb sentences, uh, all the Patreon supporters we called out. We appreciate them. I I, I, I got word that the uh, the dark web uh, editor you had recorded some more uh, some more of their thoughts Oh, for, good uh, for good. DLM. So I think we may we might post those whole things to Patreon. So to get their get their whole critique of that from an editor's perspective. All right. Well, yeah, I think that thank wraps you so much. it up. Thank you, DLM Courtney. Thank you, Patreon people. Thanks for uh, everyone who listens. This is three hundred and seventy-two pages. We'll never get back. Going to get a quick sandwich.